Hello, beautiful people. It is Winter Wednesday, December 21st, 2022. And this sports show on this holiday week shall start now. Football is doing its thing. You know, and today the football community is mourning the loss of a man who has a statue at an airport in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, a man who has one of the most recognizable plays in the history of the NFL, a man who represented the city of Pittsburgh until the day that he passed away, the immaculate reception receiver, Franco Harris, who's passed away this morning. Now, everybody knows that the big celebration of the Immaculate Reception was literally supposed to happen this weekend, yep. the 50-year anniversary. It's going to be a big deal. So the timing of it is certainly a weird thing that the world has happened. Uh, but Franco Harris, and I do not know enough about his medical history and what was going on. I have no idea if this came out of nowhere or not, but what I do know is the NFL world and the Pittsburgh world uh, will certainly miss him mightily. So we will have a moment of silence for Franco Harris. Did you catch it? Yes, Pat. I don't know. You don't. If the review system was in, did he catch it? Yeah. Damn right. I'm not sure. Caught it. I'm with D-Butt. I'm with Tone Diggs. Thank you. I'm not with Connor. Because well. what Connor's doing is trying to ruin a moment that Pittsburgh has held in very high regards for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Because Pittsburgh is a city that is a... You know, gritty, tough city. We're not necessarily everything goes our way all the time. So whenever something like that takes place, it is going to be something that's celebrated by all generations that come through the beautiful Yinzer area. So rest in peace to Franco Harris. Here's what Mike Tomlin, actually, before we get to that, let's do Tone Diggs, uh, who is obviously diehard Pittsburgh Steeler mm-hmm. fan. Hey, Tone, what are your thoughts on Franco Harris passing away? And what does this mean to you, your family? In future generations of DiGiulio's. Well, it means a lot to family for, you know, Franco's Italian Army, obviously. Um, I always respect Steelers, who obviously won four Super Bowls, Rookie of the Year. But. Still has a record for most rushing yards in Super Bowls. Um, but then also when they stop playing, they just stay in Pittsburgh for the rest of their lives, even though they weren't from there. I think that means a lot to Yinzers, and it obviously means a lot to, to people. But Franco was everywhere, and now he was going to be the third person uh, to have the number retired in the Steelers organization, so that means a lot. Wow. Not just throwing Harbaugh up there. Uh, Amen. Tony. No, you take shots. It's close right now. Tony. Please. Please go back to Franco Harris, yeah. who just passed away. The, time, the timing absolutely wild because of the 50th anniversary of this week, and I assume it's going to be a very emotional scene there or Saturday night, Christmas Eve. Uh, but, yeah, RIP to Franco. Obviously, if you fly into Pittsburgh, there's a statue right there, uh, right next to Focus. You're forced to go there. So whenever you land at the Pittsburgh airport, which is massive because there's supposed to be a U.S. air hub, Actually, kind of a funny story. U.S. Air almost bullied Pittsburgh Mm -hmm. into creating this airport for them. Like, more money. Hey, if you're able to do this, we'll bring our hub here. We'll bring a bunch of flights here. We'll become our mainstay here. So Pittsburgh had to find a lot of money to build this airport because Pittsburgh wanted to be part of it. And then, obviously, U.S. Airways files bankruptcy. And now it's just uh, the Mm. biggest fucking – one of the biggest airport, least used airport in the country. Beautiful airport. Huge. Massive. Wings, like literally terminals, everything, because it was supposed to be this. And then the company that kind of forced Pittsburgh into doing that can't keep their shit right. So they end up going bankrupt. But nonetheless, whenever that airport was designed, Mm -hmm. as your all arriving flights 
to go get your baggage, you have to go down some escalators. Everybody has to go to the same place. Like literally, no matter where you're coming from, you're funneling in there. As soon as you get to the uh, down one escalator, yep. before you get to the next one, there's fucking George Washington, I believe. Two statues. And then right next to George Washington, Franco Harris, who's bigger than George Washington <laughs> yeah. with the Immaculate Reception. And then you got to go down for a So even if you're like half asleep or traveling or whatever, you get to, you have to be awake at the bottom of an escalator, right? You kind of have, and, you, and you're forced basically to see it. And Pittsburgh's like, welcome, okay? Well, you, you are in America. And that was a fucking catch. Check it out. <laughs> that's basically what it was in Pittsburgh, and that's what Franco Harris has yeah. always been to Pittsburgh. Here's what Mike Tomlin said while talking about the passing of uh, Franco Harris. Just note, he didn't talk about the passing, just, but here's just, what yes. Tomlin spoke about Franco Harris yesterday because of the 50th anniversary of the Immaculate Reception. He's just a special man. Um, forget the player. Um, obviously, I never knew the player. I know the man. And um, just what a awesome representation of this this organization this community a guy that embraces um all the responsibility that comes with being him um i just admire his passion for pittsburgh and 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 young people um he served a long time on the board with my wife pittsburgh promise and his passion for others in this place uh and the steelers is unparalleled and it's it's to be admired well rest in peace franco you done good, pal. Made a big-time catch. There it is. Have to see it. Right back there, Radio Road. That's probably coming and going every other year. I see Fridays right behind Franco's ass. That's you see their stretch. Yeah. That place Fridays. ain't going anywhere. No. 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 Ten flights out of Pittsburgh, 2,000 <laughs> flights out of Pittsburgh. That Friday's right there is going to be bumping. There's a McDonald's also uh, that has like a corner Share good real corner estate. office, Great, yeah, yeah. corner office almost. That's never going anywhere in that airport. I have sprinted through this airport a lot back in my day. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I enjoy it. That this, you literally have to look at this whenever you if you travel to Pittsburgh, you have to look at this. It was a decision that was made by people, obviously from Pittsburgh, and never once in the world that we're in did you hear anybody say. Why is Frank... What the hell is that doing there? Why is the Immaculate Reception fucking have to be the first thing everybody... Never said... And it never happens, especially with Pittsburgh people. Pittsburgh people are not scared to say, like, "Eh, it's bullshit. This was never even thought about being Mm -hmm. removed from prime real estate in the airport. And there's a reason because this play and because Pittsburgh is a football town. And I would say that this moment is obviously one... That every Pittsburgher is taught, and Madden looks so young, mm. before he retired to take over the TV world. Bradshaw, dancing, prancing, Ooh. deflection, scoop, we're scoring a touchdown. Ooh. Franco Harris is going to have a statue in the airport because of the play that he just made. I believe is what Myron Cope might have been yes, saying he, he did at play, the yeah. exact time. The double yoy. Went to the immaculate reception. Ooh. Oh, catch. Yeah. Catch. That's catch. Clear That's catch. catch. And even if it did touch the ground, ball didn't move. That's right. <laughs> so depending Have upon which era of what is a catch, For sure. it's good in two out of the three of the eras, I think, regardless, mm-hmm. if no other eras. Uh, but congratulations to Franco for doing good, representing Pittsburgh, and having a play that will be immortalized forever in the history of the sport and in the city. He was a dog when he had yeah. the ball, uh, ran hard, and he had a, uh, what was it, an army. Franco's Italian army, yeah. Yeah, a bunch of... Hell yeah. Hell yeah. His mother was Italian. That's awesome. A lot of support from the pinky rings around. Yeah. A lot of pinky ring support. Rest in peace. Uh, Darius, obviously, 
You've grown up in numerous places, I think. Dad being in the military there for a bit, most of it's South Florida. Yep. Uh, Franco Harris, just a name synonymous with the NFL, I'd assume. Any thoughts on it? And also, great to see you here on this beautiful hey, winter yeah. Wednesday, December yeah. 21st. Happy Glad holidays. Be here, winter Wednesday, a winter storm coming as well. Um, so big, big one. Yeah, big, huge, <laughs> big storm coming. But, uh, you know, NFL films, obviously, we all grew up kind of just watching those clips, and that was one of those clips that stood out in your childhood. Not knowing him as a player, obviously, too young to watch him play, um, but been in the Pittsburgh airport plenty of times, uh, seeing his statue. Uh, just obviously a great, great player, and it sounds like even a, a better man. So uh, There were some things. I think there were some things he might have said. There was some stuff sure. around Paterno. Joe Paterno and, that, and yeah. that whole Penn State thing. But to be clear, he had a platform. There was a lot of other Penn State people saying the same, Jeez. if not a lot worse at the time when it was all going through because that particular cult, they, and I know there's a lot of those <laughs> yeah. in college, the Penn State one, and AQ is a part of it. Oh, yeah. Of course. So we, I literally get to have this conversation with a Penn Stater who's very proud to be a Penn Stater. Mm-hmm. So any of you Penn Staters that want to joust, I'm cool. I'm ready. <laughs> you know, like I, Because I, obviously you know we're from the area and everything like that. But the Penn State cult, the reason why it is Penn State and why it's held in such high regard and why everything – those motherfuckers will literally just walk right off of a cliff for Penn State. Not even a question. Hey, if you need me to fall so that it can maybe soften the blow for somebody else that's coming behind, they would be able to buy in and find it. So when that whole Joe Paul and situation, yes. Sandusky thing was all happening, it was very, unless, which it has come out now, and I think all of them have come around and been like, at the time we didn't know, which it was all being alluded to at the time. Then I think as we've grown older, the Penn State story has become much more mm-hmm. known and like, no, this is facts. Yeah, this facts. is not facts. This is a kind of things like that. But at the time, yeah, Franco was not willing to, you know, turn turn in that. And he wasn't the only Penn State colder that sure. was not. Many of them. But he certainly was heard by more people than all the other Penn State colders. Mm-hmm. And that's a difficult situation for all the Penn State people with what happened with people they don't know. But Franco has said some things that have certainly drawn some – What's going on? What's that? From us, from everybody, from Steelers, from everybody. But that's just, that's, it doesn't take away. Exactly. Too loyal to Joe. It's almost like you can sell it as like, well, yeah, he was a loyal to, like, there's a way you could say it because everybody that's ever met Franco and has a relationship with Franco is like, fucking love Franco. Mm -hmm. Franco would do whatever. Franco's a superstar. Franco's a statue in the airport and he treats everybody the exact same. So. You know, rest in peace. Love you, Franco. Hell yeah. Hey, congrats. On, you did good, Franco. Well Franco. done, Franco. You done good, Franco. You got a statue in the fucking airport. Also, dude. right below that statue is a uh, T-Rex, T-Rex yeah. skeleton. So Very it's, awesome. you know, that's basically humanity and the earth in a nutshell. We had dinosaurs, America, and football. Franco. Franco. Oh, okay, man. yeah, football, Franco, whatever. No, Nick Moraldo, obviously, uh, uh, Members of his family were in the Franco's Italian Army. He's right. named after him. Which is basically, yeah, Frank is his dad's name and mm-hmm. his name. So we don't know if both, uh, <laughs> both of you were named after Franco or not. But No, thank you, Pat. <laughs> Respect to my grandfather and dad. Shout out. Is your grandpa Frank as well? Yes. So you're a third. Holy wow. shit. The middle name is different, but. Triple I still should have been calling you Frank. But three. there is a bit yeah. of a legacy there, yeah. What's the point? What? The middle name What's the point of the first name being saved? You're not going to do it for the middle. I want you, You're the third. Yeah. yeah, he is. <laughs> You're the third. Fucking yeah. Frankie the third. That's right. That's F3. Fine. I'm okay with it. Frankie. F3. Frankie. You like F1? Wow. <laughs> you think F2 is something? Uh-huh. Wait till you fucking see you. F3 in motion, man. Hello, me, D-Butts. Oh, Frankie three fingers. I don't love Frankie that your dad kind of <laughs> snagged the Frank name. 
<laughs> from our universe, you know? I'm the only one that calls Nick Frank. Mm-hmm. We weren't allowed to. So, well, yes, pretty much. There was no yeah. option there for Frank. The, this one, not his dad. Right. Uh-huh. As soon as I found out his name was actually Frank, I was like, I don't have a Frank friend. I know a lot of Nicks. <laughs> yeah, I do now. Do now. I, I, don't, I don't know any Franks. Frank's a great name. Yes. So I start calling him Frank, and then I start saying in the microphone, Frank back there, and people are like, who the fuck is Frank? It's like, oh, yeah, I'm the only person. To... Frank's a great name. It is Unbelievable. Name. Strong name. I didn't know for two, three years that that was his actual name. Frank? Yes. I mean, I, I didn't know for a while your name was Boston either. Yeah, well. That was mind blower. That's just something that I think everyone learns. But also, like I said, Frank, after I think you said it, and Nick told me, yeah, you can't call me. You don't say that. Sorry. Well, that's because he doesn't want you to disrespect his father or his father's father. Which I understand. You know, Italian blood, that can happen sometimes, especially coming from the Irish. But, I mean, it's a fantastic name. I don't know why you wouldn't want to go as that. That's Boston Connor at Boston Mm -hmm. Connor next to him at Ty Schmidt, obviously Green Bay Packer owner and super fan. Let's chit-chat about yesterday. Your thoughts on taking on – uh, in Aaron Rodgers Tuesday, a lot of blowback yesterday. Yeah, yeah a lot, a lot of, <laughs> of blowback yesterday. Not what? only not only from the Aaron Rodgers conversation, from the Chiefs aholic thing. Yeah, yeah. got a couple stats wrong. So like the Chiefs aholic guy, uh, the armed bank robber super fan from the Kansas City Chiefs, who right. also have Red Extreme X Factor and Helmet Man, of course, uh, in their super fandom community over there. Yep, Chiefs aholic guy who dresses wolf, very passionate about the Chiefs. Yeah, he was robbing banks all over the place mm-hmm. so he could fund going to these games and being the super fan. Career criminal, parents are criminals, yep. brother's a criminal, what? has been robbing from people since 2016, getting caught for it in jail in Utah multiple times, Missouri. Now this one we thought was in Texas. Bixby, Oklahoma That's right. oh. sent me a, uh, a tweet, and they said, he wasn't caught in Texas, you fucking asshole. Okay? He, might have, he might have been able to do some shit in Missouri and Utah mm-hmm. and everything uh-huh. like that. He came through Oklahoma one time. We caught him within six minutes in Bixby, Oklahoma. <laughs> Unbelievable. I love that their police department's flexing. And Hey, shout out to Bixby. You're right. Bixby, Bixby. Hey, that's shout on out. us. I wish you guys would have, like, stamped the... We got him. The uh, the water poster, yeah, the poster like the the criminal record. Mm-hmm. Like, you know how people put things on the internet and they put like their name on it. Yep. I wish the Bixby Police Department would have done that with that, so we would have been able to give proper credit. I must not be able to read those things as well as everybody else. I couldn't see where it was. Oh, no. Well, oh. when you got a rap sheet like that, you know, it's like, okay, this guy's been arrested Utah, here. He's Missouri. Been arrested here. He's been arrested here. Kansas. There's a bunch of like redacted stuff in there too, which was kind of weird. It's like. This guy is a career criminal. So, I mean, very easy to slip up and not realize, oh, actually, the Bixby PD did apprehend this guy. Did you hear about this story? I, I, I saw bits and pieces. So this dude was going to the games and robbing people with the same fit? So he, let, we don't know if the wolf picture from the banks that was being tied to the story okay, yes. is actually him. But wolf masks, pretty prevalent. So we would assume a lot of people have robbed banks in wolf masks. And if you are the wolf guy, why wouldn't you just wear your fit in there? 44 Cal. Yeah, mm-hmm. gotcha. I need to buy nachos and fucking yep, 10 beers. 10 beers, front row tickets yep. to watch Patrick Mahomes do his thing. 
thank you for doing business. And then back in his car, he runs out like he did on his, he ran sideways. Did you see his run? Okay, so his run, his run, his arms go directly like this sideways. Mm -hmm. And then his feet face straight sideways. He's running sideways. It's unbelievable. But he's moving pretty good clip. Yeah, ran like a 5-1. And he's tweeting all these. I called in six minutes. That's well, I don't. I think he was caught like actual yeah. in the, in the act. holding the bank up. So, as somebody who watches documentaries and has got a chance to chat with some a detective from Indiana, which has a lot of small mm-hmm. towns, so allegedly these career criminals target these small town banks because there's only like two or three cops. Oh. So, if you go whenever there's something like busy happening or something taking place over here. You can get in and get the fuck out yeah. before anybody even has a clue. Like, there's people that do that. And I'm sure there's better security for some small banks, uh, small town banks than others. So I don't mean to be talking shit on small town banks. I understand you are important, but allegedly those ones are very gettable. Mm-hmm. Alleg- allegedly yes. those ones are very going easy. On They're very yeah. gettable for criminals who just have a sense <laughs> of no conscience and an ability to just walk in with a gun pointed at somebody's face yep. and take money, <laughs> which allegedly this guy has been able to do, yeah. willing to do, and has been doing for years, everybody's assuming. So wow. now they're going to go back and check all the Chiefs away games that he is flexing from mm-hmm. and probably go from wherever he lives in Missouri to that game, yep. any towns in between, because this one's in Oklahoma, so he was driving to the Houston Texans game. Right. And then he just gets back on the road, fucking off to Boom. Houston, mm-hmm. and then – a day and a half later, the bank teller's watching a Chiefs game. That was the <laughs> Hold on. holy shit. That was the wolf. The one that's on the the one that's sitting front row. Yeah, yeah we paid. Our bank paid for that. Same yeah. exact hat. Yeah, he. This is him. I mean, he's the flexing. Cajones on this fucking guy for going same mask is awesome. Hey, we don't know if he did though. Yeah, that has not well, the, been the bank picture. Is we don't know if that's him. That's what we're saying. It's like, gotta be. Well, for the sake of the story. Yes, definitely, definitely him. is. Yeah. Sake of the facts that we have right now, mm-hmm. we do not Allegedly, know if that's sorry, him. Sorry, we yeah. do not know if that. No, not, not even to offend this fucking guy because sounds like he has been a problem for a long time. <laughs> that's yeah. right. Might have wanted to get out of the life though. Yeah, the subtweets were definitely something. He wanted to tell somebody the truth. I think personally. See, I didn't, I'm, I'm, is it the mouth and stuff the same? No, that's a different mask. Okay, so, yeah. okay. That's why. Yeah, but if he did <laughs> and just changed his jersey. You yeah. know, the Wolf had, like, a... Went in a Texans had jersey. Had, like, a Brody Croyle jersey on instead of a Patrick Mahomes one. Yeah, or maybe in Oklahoma he had, like, a Kyler Murray jersey yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. Something comes in he there. He waited a long time for the Chiefs to be good. Man, how long have you been on this, this crime spree? So, 2016 was the first time he was arrested, but his parents have been... I think his parents have been arrested before. His brother's Brother? been arrested they're heads, before. They're heads of the KC mob. Yeah. I think they're Family from Utah business. too. I don't think they're from heads of the Mormon. Oh, they're KC Mormons. Mob. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure if they're Mormon or just that. happen to live heads in Utah. Heads of the Utah potentially Mormon KC mob. So we can say that's a matter of fact, right there. Yes, we can so say important. that is a matter of fact. Sound like the maybe voice. But we did want to. No, that was a factual voice right there. I don't think that was maybe voice. But anyways, we got to correct that. It yeah. was not in Texas. It was in Bixby, Oklahoma. Shout out! Shout out to that crack steel police force. There that's you right. go, Bixby. He picked, the the wrong, he picked the wrong small town, didn't he? That's right. Uh-huh. Now everyone knows, hey, you go to Bixby. Be careful. Um, there will be other things that we will have to correct. We will do that after this conversation. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us now is a three-time Stanley Cup champion, one as a player, two times as a coach, current Turner TNT analyst for the NHL, a man who can't wait to chit-chat, I assume, about the Winter Classic coming up. Oh, where yeah. the Pittsburgh Penguins, a team that he's 
multiple Stanley Cups with, okay. is going into Fenway Park in Boston to beat the hell out of the once good Boston Bruins. Well. Ladies and gentlemen, a man who's hoisted Lordo numerous times. He's been a coach, he's been a player, now he's an analyst, Rick Talkett. Yeah! Thanks, Pat. And actually three times with the Penguins, so I've, uh, that's why I love, I love the Pittsburgh uh, city and the, uh, and the team. I got three cups from them, so well, I owe them a lot. Well, not from them, with us. You were with us. Hey, you were a big part of that, Rick. Hey, listen, congrats to you and thank you for your service yeah, to the city of Pittsburgh. boy, Rick. Not that I live there anymore, <laughs> but as somebody that once lived there, especially in the 90s, that first one that, oh. What a good time it was to be alive. Starter jackets were just coming oh, into the thing. The, the Penguins were better than everybody. We looked so cool. Had a blast. I appreciate that. How's it been like being an analyst? You enjoy talking on TV about hockey? It feels like with the Turner relationship and with the ESPN relationship and with more games being seen, it's continuing to evolve. Do you feel that? Do you guys feel like you're on the tip of the spear almost as we're growing the game of hockey on there? Yeah, I, I kind of like what we're trying to do. Um, you know, hockey's always trying to catch the other major sports, and I think we're we're going to have a different flavor on how to try to broadcast it for us. Uh, not that old boring style in the past. Um, I think a guy like Paul Bissonnette really helps our our panel to to get to the younger crowd um, and uh, try to get that average viewer doesn't know much about hockey interested. So I think that's what kind of the philosophy of TNT. You know, listen, Barkley and the boys have kind of set the standard. For that show that they do at NBA, so um, it's kind of a good step in so what we're trying to do. Yeah, I think you guys are doing a great job. Fucking love Biz. Oh, he's the man. The man. <laughs> Loving English. I was. Go ahead. I, no, I was just me and Biz. We worked, we worked there. We're taking a steamer, and I was telling him I was going on your show, and he goes, "Yeah, you know, I, I can't get to Pat's uh, level on the you know the podcast." But he goes, I can beat him in rough and rowdy. And he goes, I'll take A.J. Hawk in a mud wrestling. <laughs> That's what he said. That. He told me to tell you guys that. Uh, tell him we appreciate that. And I'm spending my life in a steamer. I'm not fucking in rough and rowdy. Don't you worry about that. Biz. And I don't know if you want A.J., though, in a mud wrestling. No. I'll let him answer that. But the crew you guys put together, I think, has been fantastic. Obviously, bringing Liam over from NBC, right? Mm-hmm. And then you get Wayne on this fucking thing. And you've played against Wayne. And now you're working alongside. Wayno, and I've I, I'm from hockey time Pittsburgh Pennsylvania okay been a hockey fan the Penguins yeah. were the only team that my family was able to go see live right so I was a big Penguins fan I, I legit so I as a human that is just a shit talker and not really worried about much I've always said it's great that Wayne Gretzky the number three best player in the history of hockey is in the game getting to talk and everything like that. And then everybody in the hockey world goes, three. And I go, well, obviously, Sidney Crosby's the fucking best player of all time. Then you got Super Mario right there under mm-hmm. who you coach, Sidney. And then Wayne, congrats, top three. That is, <laughs> that's an incredible thing. Then I just learned that. I just learned that last week or two weeks ago that I should have been informed much earlier. If you were to take away all of his goals scored, all of the goals, points are kept by second assist, assist, and goals. If you were to get rid of Correct. one-third of the stat, he would still be number one all time. Yep. <laughs> just from yeah, the assist and everything like that. I'm like, oh, I've been wrong. Got him number three. 
And you still got him number three. No, no, no. No, I want to let you know. You can tell Wayne this. For the last two weeks, he is certainly the ranking. He is the number one player in the world. But what is it about Wayne, you think, that made him? Obviously, the stats are the thing. But what made him so fucking good? And how is he enjoying doing television? Because I think it's big for the sport to have him on one of the main broadcasts all the time. Yeah, you guys will say the same thing. Your guys' sport in football, the vision. You know, his, his ability to slow the game down, um, is, is he's, he, was, he was the master. You know, he was puck was going to get to him. He knew where he was going to go with it next. So I guess his vision was just um, incredible. Um, yeah, he's just an incredible guy. He's, you know, a close friend of mine. And him, he enjoys doing the TV part. <clears throat> you know, he, um, he, he's a storyteller too, right? He likes telling stories, situational stuff. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, pressure situations, what he did. That's what he really adds to our, our, our broadcast. I love asking him the stories. He's a good storyteller. Yeah, and he's the greatest of all time. I mean, in everybody's eyes now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> everybody's eyes now. So him being a part of the product, I think, is good for the league going forward. And the other guy that I said was the number one player you coached, obviously coached alongside Gretzky as well, played against him, and now you're working alongside him on TV. You coached Sidney Crosby, though. What do you see yeah. from Sid, and is he the best modern player of all time? Yeah, I mean, he's an incredible guy to coach. Um, he's um, – I've never seen a drive on a guy. You know, the season's over. He takes two weeks off. He's in Germany learning new uh, uh, training techniques. Or, um, you know, he'll study the game at night. I remember as an assistant coach, I remember I was at the dinner with some friends and I get, a, you know, I get the text, hey, talk, did you see that face-off play the San Jose Sharks did tonight? I'm like, well – and I, I lied. Oh yeah, I saw it. We'll talk about it tomorrow. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm sitting having a steak, right? Um, but that's the sort of stuff he 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 wants to be coach. You know, great players sometimes coaches are afraid to coach him. He wants to be coach, and you better know your stuff with Sid. You know, he he uh, he doesn't give his trust up very easy. So you got to make sure you give him some good stuff. So, but a fabulous guy, very superstitious guy too. Like oh, one yeah. of the most superstitious guys I've ever seen in my life. Um, yeah, yeah. Rupper like a, Rupper was pillow talking on that's hockey talk. And he said that if Sid goes into a house through one door, 100% chance he's going back out that same door. Even if you go through, like, the garage or something, and then he goes into the house, you have a gathering, and then maybe he'll go out the front door. No, got to go back out the garage. Mm -hmm. Like, there's a lot of things like that, I guess, that Rupper said that I did not know. But it makes sense. If you're going to be great, why fuck with anything? I assume that's not a bad idea. We went with that run. We, we had won the two cups. We made a run one time. I bought this brand new blue. It was like eighteen hundred dollars suit, two thousand dollars suit, and I wore it. You know, during games, and then I wore it again. So we were on the bus. Right, we lost the game. I wore the bus, and he calls me off the bus. Right, the guys are on the bus. He pulls me aside. And he goes, "Hey, talk. You know, you you can't wear that suit anymore. Like, Why?" He goes, well, "You're zero two with that suit on." And I'm like. Okay, man, whatever you – so I never wore the suit for a year and a half. Like, I never wore it again. So <laughs> finally, when I left when I left Pittsburgh to take the job in Arizona, I started wearing that suit again. Man, I had a $2,000 suit in the car for a year and a half because Sidney Crosby said we lost with it. So that's the sort of stuff that you do. You'll do anything to win, right? Legend. Okay, Winter Classic coming up. The superstitious Sidney Crosby. Uh-huh. Number two player, number two or three player mm-hmm. of all time. Definitely number one modern. Scored a game winner last night. Thank you, Sid. Love Thank it. you, Sidney. <laughs> I appreciate it. Flat stick too. We're going. We got the hand. We got mm-hmm. no worries about okay. that. He is traveling up to Fenway. 
okay, with a crew yeah. that he's played alongside for a long time. Mm-hmm. A lot of people didn't know whenever this Pittsburgh Penguins team was put back together in the same exact way, basically. New ownership, same exact way. Do they have enough at last year's age, at this age, to go on a run? Now they've gotten hot. I believe we've become the hottest team in the NHL. We're going into the Winter Classic against the Boston Bruins, who have the best record in the NHL, I believe. Is this a big-time test game for both teams? And what will we learn at this stage of the season that we can take forward when hockey becomes more prevalent in the conversation? Yeah, I I had them as my final four at the start of the year. And then they went through that uh, hiccup about, I guess, six weeks ago. They lost about six or seven. And... My cohorts were giving me crap on the air, and I said, listen, when you're the Pittsburgh Penguins, you have structure you fall back on, and they have. They've won, I think they've won, what, 12 of the last 14. Sidney Crosby's top, what, top seven in the league in scoring, plays a two-way game. You know, I, I always say if Sid wanted to cheat the game a little bit, there you go, That's man. Awesome. There you go. I love that. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Me too. You know, Thank you, he, he just doesn't cheat the game. He could probably get another 15 points Thanks, and cheat Phil. the game. So. It's a great test with Boston. I, I, I'm impressed with the way Boston. It's a great. It's probably the best winter classic matchup they've ever had. I, oh yeah, at Fenway too. Fenway though, that's <clears> going to be a great. They're showing uh, drawings of what it's going to look like. It should. That's next weekend, I believe, right? Yeah, the second January second uh, next January Monday. 2nd. Yes. Same day. Same yes. day as Rose Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. What are we doing? Rose Bowl will be before though. I see. Right. Yeah. That game's at two yeah, two thirty, I believe. Oh, so. Uh, Winter Classic before Rose Bowl, probably. Yeah, Rose Bowl at five, right? Winter Rose Bowl into the Winter Classic is that what we're doing? Or Winter Classic? Yeah, two o'clock. I think two o'clock Eastern, right? Is that the start? Yeah. Is that you guys for Winter Classic? Yeah, that's at Fenway. Yeah. So Winter Classic in a Rose Bowl. Yes, there it is. That's a hell of a fucking January second. And then you, if you're not a hockey fan, don't worry about it. Tune in. The Pittsburgh Penguins are your new favorite team. They have all the best players in the NHL, aside from. Ovechkin, which we will certainly have to talk about. Get Ovechkin on the team. Imposter. And give me McJesus, maybe, you know what I mean? Help him learn and, uh, learn Stoner. how to win the playoffs. Steiner can stay in Vegas for sure. Don't know that. But that game is a battle of two elites, though. Okay. That, that is a yeah. that is a primetime game that the world should watch, even if you don't know the NHL, and I think they will because how cool it is. Host of That's Hockey Talk, Nikki Nuzini. Frank Moraldo has a question for you. Hey, Talk, appreciate you and uh, everything you did for the city of Pittsburgh. I want to ask, um, I know you were the all-time leader, and I believe you still are, of Gordie Howe Hattricks. That is a fight, an assist, and a goal <laughs> in the same game. So baby. we know you were a tough son of a bitch. I want to know who was the toughest person you ever had to dance with uh, on the ice. Uh, I've had a couple of Bob, Bob Probert was a very like he was probably the heavyweight oh, champ there for a while probably. fought him a, a few times um, he's a guy and God rest his soul is uh, uh, rest in peace Bob. when he when he was when he was in a bad mood and you could tell him warm up uh, you know you, you, you kind of got a little nervous he was one of those type of guys you know obviously Ty Domi for his size uh, very very tough guy and then the guys that the like Cam Neely's the Wendell Clark's the guys in my ear that that could that could beat you up, but also score a goal. Those guys are uh, those are my favorite type of guys. Guys that can score and fight. That's quite, um, hey, that's quite an honor, right? Isn't it the Gordie Howe Hattrick all time leader? That's an honor that I assume that you chat about with the boys. Yeah, that's a big thing that gets brought up in conversation. Yeah, yeah, it comes up every once in a while. It's yeah, it's, it, listen, it's, it's the only record I have. I'll take it, right? It's, uh, but it's <laughs> it, it's uh, a good one to have. It, it's it's uh, it's it's something that uh, it, you know not too many guys do now. The fighting's not as much. Um, so that's a that's going to be a little harder break because nobody fights as much as they used to, which is good. I mean, the game's you know a lot more skill, but uh, still, you still have that element. You know, somebody goes after Sid or, like you said, McJesus. I mean, you got to you got to come to their aid. You know, you need that type of a 
That guy that, but that can play the game. You, know, you can't have a guy that just fights and sits on the bench. That, that doesn't happen anymore. With the way the game is changing, it seems like you're going to have that that record forever. So, yeah. congratulations. There you go, Rick. Uh, I don't know how many more people are going to be able to even catch up with what the game used to be. That was a part of the allure of hockey, I feel like, for Pittsburgh people and for a lot of people that are diehard hockey fans. It's like, hey, these dudes will fight, okay? They'll stick tap, they'll skate away, then they'll get back on, they'll play. It's a part of it, like being respectful. And then also, hey, we need this as a rally call. Like, I think that is a massive part of the sport at the beginning, the fundamental basis of it. Now that it's changing, you said it's good and everything like that. I understand player safety is a big deal. I don't agree. I, I, I think them running fighting out of hockey is not a good play. I think that's something that hockey had that no other sport had. And I feel like if you grew up in the hockey culture, and I might be wrong, you grew up in more than I did. I didn't have to lace my boots and go blue line to blue line at 6 a.m. or whatever. As a, but that was something the hockey culture also appreciated, I think, more so than anybody else. You, do you think it was inevitable that it was going to get pushed out? Or and what do, you, do you think there's ever a chance it comes back? Yeah, I'm with you, Pat. I mean, I, I like to see that element come, not to the, the stage fighting to that <clears throat> that extent, but I remember those Philadelphia and Pittsburgh rivalries. Yes. I mean, there was pure hate, you know, like, you know, you know, Mario would come in and, you know, he'd be dancing everybody and then we'd run at him and then they'd send their guy. And you just got that animosity going. Um, I don't see it as much. It's more of a, I don't want to say a friendlier game, but it's more of a skill um not as much hate, and I, I you know, I, I'd like to see those rivalries. That's every sport, where... Rick. That's every sport. Every <laughs> sport's like that. I think it's just the, the generation that we're in right now, which is good. Everybody getting along is good. But I think in hockey, like, just a chance of somebody actually, like, going to a game, you might see a guy get his fucking head blasted by another. There's yeah, a chance. Yeah. That's awesome. There's a chance that that's going to happen. You're, you're going to see some of the most spectacular athleticism at a speed that is on ice, obviously, Olympic skaters doing things competitive in, and with hand-eye coordination with a state. Like, you're going to see shit that's just going to be like an Olympic sport is happening in front of you. And then, if somebody feels disrespected, everybody's going to stop. Everybody's just going to be like, all right, boys. I can do what you got to do. Like, that, it was like, hockey was all, I, that's why I love hockey so much. And I don't love the fact that the, uh, the fighting's out of there. But once again, I'm happy I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm not out there getting my face punched. So, <laughs> so that is – so it's kind of a different game. You know what I mean, Talk. Well, I get what you're saying, and I agree. To, but here's my big pet peeve, and I don't want to be that old school guy. Because you have to be new school to coach nowadays or to be involved with any sport. I just can't – I can't talk to players on the team before the game or after the game. I mean, I'll meet my buddy at, in a bar later that night, but I just cannot – like, I, I, you know, when you're competing against somebody, I can't be, hey, man, how you doing, bud? What's going on? Hey, where do you want to go to eat dinner tonight? And even after the game, it's a hard, you know, the game's just over. Um, I see that a lot, and maybe I'm old school, but I'm I, I just not a fan of that. Like, uh, you know, I can't be talking to guys during the game. It's yeah, just you, not, you know. Talk. Like, it's, you know, the old, like Biz calls it the old tummy, you know, the tummy tucks. You know, like, hey, buddy, how you doing? Off the draw. I see a lot of that of nowadays. Um, that's the one thing I... I wish I didn't see that. That's my only pet peeve for the today's player. I love them. Today's new players are phenomenal. So good. But a little less, little less of the tummy stu- uh, tucks, you know, before the game. I think my favorite thing that you said 
He's, I guess, I'm old school. This guy has the Gordie Howe record. <laughs> yeah. Fighting, assists, and goal scored in the hockey. I guess I'm old school. Yeah, I, I, would say, I would say you're old school a little bit. That's a good thing, not a bad thing. And hockey is still one of the most dazzling sports to watch live, in person, and on TV. Playoff hockey, you need to be in a building for a playoff hockey game if you ever get a chance to do so. Uh, but I do wish there, that was... Ugh. More fights. I never thought it was going to stop, but it, it makes sense because now they don't want to dress a guy that's just going to fight, right? Because now you're wasting potential penalty, uh, penalty killer and everything like that. It's kind of become more of yeah. stats and analytics type thing as opposed to thinking about human. Because I think Sidney, if he had a goon on his team, he'd be even better, right? Wouldn't he? Well, last year there in the playoffs, you know, Trubas, it was a tough guy for the Rangers. He was running around a bit. He actually hurt uh, Sid on a play. You, you wish you had a guy that, you know, I mean, I'll be honest with you, I wish they had a guy like me out there because the first game. Scared to death to touch Sid. They'd be scared to death to touch Sid because they well, know. It's not, that, it's not that he may be scared of me, but I'm going, I'm going to set the, you know, and then I'd probably have to fight a guy like Reeves. That's, that's what happens no the first game of the playoffs <laughs> because Sid's our meal ticket, right? And, you know, they're running them and, the, you know, the only answer he has is you better have a good power play. Uh, um, you know, you better have the refs really, you know, call a close game. But sometimes, you know, there's a rough game out there, and sometimes you need that. But, but you're right, Pat. I'm, your hockey IQ is great. You can't have a guy sit in the bench because you need penalty killers. You need specialty T guys on the bottom six. So you can't just have a guy that just fights. He, he has to play the game. I disagree. I think there's an <laughs> argument to be made that you should have a guy that can just fight out there because I've watched Sid have to be the bully for the penalty. Sid has to be the tough guy, the shitster, and the best player right. on the team sometimes. And it's like when Wayne was playing, he had a guy that traveled with him team to team, right? And you didn't see – there was a fucking three-foot radius around Wayno, and if it was a hit, it's going to be a clean hit. It's not going to be nothing cheap because if you did, literally within five seconds, there was consequences coming, and you were going to have to answer for it immediately. Now it's like with Sid, at least, it seems like he can get – Somebody can blindside them, kill them, and then, oh, they go to a penalty. Our fucking, we have been terrible. Terrible when other people were in the penalty box as well, it seems like, over the last three years with how much talent we have. It's like, I wish there was a bully out there. I'd be like, don't fucking touch our guy, okay? And let's just see how hockey is as we get forward. But now Sid's a crybaby. Mm. He's a bitch because he's the one that has to complain about it. It's like, I don't think you should have to complain about it. I think there should be a guy on the team that is just coming out and saying, hey, this is fun. Was that fun? You liked hitting them? Cool. Boom! CTE City never come back on the ice. Like, I just, I think that's. Well, I'll tell you what. My, my favorite guy is, he coaches for St. Louis, Craig Ruby. He was probably one of the toughest guys I've ever played, too. What he would do, he would go, he's going to fight their tough guy, whoever the, the, the guy is on the other team. But he's going to go after their best player first. I like that. That's a deterrent, <laughs> right? That is a deterrent. Go after their best player and then fight the other guy later. Uh, I'd like to see that a little bit more too. That that'll settle teams down, you know. The boys in the back. That. The boys in the back just reminded me that you were tasked with protecting Mario. Was that something you took to heart, or was that something I was ever chatting oh, about? Oh yeah. I, I mean, I, I played on his line. I had 110 points, for almost 50 goals. He was my meal ticket. <clears throat> Anybody touched him, it was like it, it was full on. Yeah. I, I, on my watch, no way he's getting hit. I mean, like I oh, said, yeah. this guy's giving me tappings, man. I'm going to the net. I'm not, you know, I'm not the most skilled guy. He used to give me like empty net goals. So, um, and he's a. If you talk about Wayne Gretzky, he's a one B too. Like he's right, he's a number one for me too. He is a phenomenal hockey player and a great guy. 
a great guy. So you, you want to protect that guy for sure. Yeah, people tell stories about, and I don't know if it was Mario, I assume it was, or maybe Wayne or any of these other incredibly skilled and creative hockey players where their teammates say, I was literally told just to skate towards the net with my stick on the ground. And uh, the, no. the pass is coming <laughs> off of your, and they're going to throw it so hard off of your stick. You won't just skate with your eyes closed, basically, <laughs> with your stick on the ground. And then these guys are going to find it, and it's just going to be a wide open one-timer or whatever. It's just like, uh, it's unbelievable watching no, yeah, I, I actually got I got traded Pittsburgh. I got three assists. I didn't even get out of our own end, and I and you know they announced hey, you know, an assist by Rick Ty. I remember just throwing the puck in the middle of the ice. He knocks it down, and you know deeks three guys and scored. I got three assists that one game. I never even got outside our blue line. So that's when you play with those guys. They're special players, man. Special. Darius became a massive hockey fan yeah. like two years ago. Has a question uh-huh. for you, talking. Hey, I fell back. I'm back yeah. to being a casual. But this Winter Classic coming up sounds like two uh, two really good teams. I'm a big players guy. Tell me the top four players in your opinion. I obviously heard a bunch about uh, Sid. Top four players on the ice, and then uh, the play styles of these two teams as well. Yeah, so on, on the, the top four of this team coming up, the two, Boston and Pittsburgh, definitely yep. you, know, you got Crosby and Malkin. And then on the other side, they got some great – this Marshawn kid and Pasternak. Uh, awesome. These guys are uh, these guys are pressured players. Those are the four guys I would want to watch uh, in this Winter Classic. Hell yeah. uh, Marshawn's a little bit of a shit disturber. He's not afraid to – he's not afraid to hit a Sidney Crosby, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and pa- Pasternak's like a – He's a mini version of uh, Ovechkin. He's just oh. a pure goal scorer. He's going actually. He's going in as a. As, he's going to be a free agent next year, so he's going to. He's going to probably get a ten million dollar a year contract coming up yep. himself. So Florida he's Panthers? a guy to. He's coming to Pittsburgh. Pasta's coming to Pittsburgh. Going to Florida. No, he's coming to Pittsburgh. Pasta's coming to Pittsburgh to fucking drink out a couple of these. <laughs> oh man, if Pittsburgh got him, geez, sit sick and play to his fifty. He's that good. Well, they need a tough guy. We're getting pasta. Yeah, we'll bring Marshawn like, in, too. I don't know when he's available. He'll start oh, licking sure. faces for the pens, pal. Okay, yeah, we need yeah, a pest yeah. on that team. We need more than anything. Sid's got to be the pest, the enforcer, the fucking best playmaker, and the star of the team. Bummer. I don't know what's going on over there in Pittsburgh. Let's get it figured out. Mario's there. He'll, he'll certainly get it figured out. Here's a Boston Bruins fan who doesn't know shit about fuck when it comes to <laughs> hockey, Connor. Yeah, Rick, all I know is about original six teams and how many cups those guys have and how Hell long yeah. they've been playing for. So you get it. But uh, <laughs> when you're talking about Posse, you just mentioned the 10 10- million dollar a year contract do you see yeah. guys getting higher contracts as we go on because obviously one of the conversations around hockey is how some of these you know best players like sid like mcdavid haven't gotten like the massive <coughs> contracts that the best players in the nfl or maybe the nba obviously that have and also will pasta sign during the season or do contract extensions for nhl players usually not happen until after yeah, it's a dangerous one to leave Pasta. I'm sure they're talking. Uh, it's no way they can get him to free agency. Um, he's the type of guy that loves Boston. Like, yeah. I think ten million is a, a cheap deal for him because he could command like a that, you know the twelve million. Like McJesus McDavid's like fourteen million, I think, and and dry settle. That's the interesting one because you have a salary cap, um, and you have you know those two guys make what twenty eight million a year uh, combined. Uh, and your what's your cap about eighty six million? So to construct a team, you know, you got to be very careful because you can't top load the whole thing. But a guy like Pasternak, like he's a generational goal scorer, oh, yeah. they got to get him signed up. 
But I could see him taking a Boston discount. He loves it there. Like I could see him. Don't pasta, of course. Don't do we don't know how long your career is going to be, Paul. Get all the money you can get from Pittsburgh. <laughs> no. You're gonna love the city. Goons in Boston, so he'll play forever. He won't have to deal with it like Sydney has. <clears throat> Rick, I don't know how much you watch our show. Our hockey yeah. talk basically goes. We're gonna do our hockey talk every time it comes on. Just give it your rating as we go. Pittsburgh Penguins still the fucking best team in all of hockey. That's great well, to hear. That doesn't make sense because the Bruins just set the home record for, you know, most consecutive wins to start a season. So it looks nah, like the Bruins the fucking actually. stink, no, Bob. That is literally how the Bruins well, are. I mean, Golden Knights hey, is the best team in the Boston, Western Conference. So. No, Boston's impressed me, um, but there's a long way to go. And then, you know, the thing with Pittsburgh, I know they've hit the road on, in the first round the last few years. They got a pretty good pedigree of, of getting through, you know, they, they what, they've won what, the last three, four Stanley Cups in the last, what, 20 years, or they've got to win. Oh, was wow, it? 20, two decades, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, Real two decades. Six fucks. I, I mean, let's not even yeah, talk Boston about Boston has won one cup in the last 10 years as well. Yeah, you guys stink, though. Naturally. Well, number one team in the NHL, though. Yeah, but that's the thing. You guys <laughs> suck, but not as bad as the fucking Golden Knights. Uh, uh, best, best team in the Western Conference right now. <laughs> Do you have a question for Todd? Don't I, Red Wings? I don't even want to hear it. You I guys have you aren't even invited. Not a real team. You aren't even invited. You aren't even invited to the COVID Cup. Best young team in the league. Not a real team. Way. You aren't even invited, <laughs> dude. Kill they squids. said stay yeah. home. Panthers don't come to kill. Oh, the Panthers. They don't even. They don't play hockey in Florida. That's talk it. That's what our hockey talk is. Every time it comes up, literally, that's what it is. So we appreciate you adding some real information in there. The Las Vegas Golden Knights diehard fan has a question for you. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Talk. Uh, for whatever reason, it was tough being a Golden Knights fan last year because, you know, so much promise they get Jackie Aces. And for whatever reason, him and Stoner couldn't both stay healthy. They couldn't be on the ice at the same time. And then they get, you know, Boston Bruins. We, we bring in, you know, Butch. Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Uh, how much does coaching matter in the <laughs> NHL? Like, this looks like a completely different team with a new coach like will they be able to sustain the success moving forward and yeah i mean coming from a guy who actually did coach like how much does co- how much can coaching change a team year over year in the nhl yeah i think it's, it, it, it's it, i think it's more of setting the, the standard of the culture but uh i think cash is a really good coach i know one thing i talked in this summer he really wanted to dedicate the neutral zone I, that was something that they weren't good at last year and if you watch this year, that's one of their strengths is the neutral zone. Uh, so good coaching, yeah, for sure. Regarding Vegas, they got away from who they were from the first year, and they, they've chased the shiny new toy every year, um, you know, for free agents. fools. No, I, I'm just, I, I just think that they they got to stay with who they were, their identity. They got back to it this year. Can they keep it? You know, that's the thing. You know, they – uh, and the goaltending can it hang in there? You know that was something that, that started Yikes. the year that they were concerned for the summer. But it's, it's you know, Logan Thompson has been good this year. But I judge goalies in March and April in the playoffs. That's when the pressure hits, and that's when you got to make the saves. So that's something I I'm going to see uh, if Vegas can sustain that. Ty, since inception of the Knights, been a diehard. That's right. Literally, as soon as they – because he joined uh, joined the show, mm-hmm. we all have a hockey team. Yep. Vegas Golden Knights come in. They're an expansion team. Oh, my God, they're good. Ty, 
Stoner's doing this. Stoner. He's starting to dress up like the guy. Remember, they used to do the full Vegas pre-show, too, on the ice oh, with yeah. the lasers and the night and the DJ and music and everything. His life as a hockey fan there was fantastic. I mean, it was – he comes in, he's living the best life of all time. Expansion team somehow in the playoffs, most exciting team, best home game experience, it's mm-hmm. seeming like. Yeah, top yeah. barn in the NHL. Go to the cup. And now, Absolutely. Uh, well, they got a nightclub up top. You know, right. they got a nightclub yeah. up top. And now what? T- tell him. You guys fucking stink. No, no, no. He Good said, get you back, guys getting stink. Back, getting back to the identity, which is fucking having Stoner lace up the boots and just fucking speed around the ice out there. <laughs> nope. And he's doing that. We're not the best hockey show. We, we, sh- we show definite bias. Like, yeah. that, is, that is literally what happens when <laughs> hockey comes in ours. When we cover any sport other than football. Yes. Because football, we feel an obligation to the league to at least – Cover it. I'm obviously a Colts fan, obviously a Patriots fan, obviously a Packers fan, obviously a Steelers fan, obviously a fan of like five or six teams right. in the Definitely NFL Dolphins. over here. Yeah. Yeah. But, so, but we feel obligated to kind of talk from a standpoint. Like this year, the Vikings are literally like the team, and like teams are coming out of nowhere because it's our world. When we talk about any other sport, though, we might, we might be the worst coverage in that sport. You to talk points. <laughs> I, first 20 minutes we had fucking talking on I was forcing him to talk about the Pittsburgh Penguins yeah. Literally, <laughs> hey this is what we need to do uh, it, do you get stuck in that do you guys cover just a certain because like in the NFL world for a long time you put the Cowboys on TV hey here you go you put the Cowboys on TV you talk about them in the A block C block and then at the end of D let's go ahead and bring them back in a little bit mm-hmm. if we can and then we're back to the A block it's Cowboys and that's kind of how sports media has been with the NFL for a long time us not as much this year a lot more than mm-hmm. had been, but it's not really our thing. For you guys, is there certain teams you have to talk about? The Rangers, New York, huge, historic. The original six teams, you have to pay respect to that. Like, oh, yeah. Is there teams that you guys focus on more, or is it just basically who's playing, how everybody's playing? Well, it's, it's definitely when we have, you know, our, our ratings go up when we have the Rangers, uh, L.A., you know, Chicago, even Chicago stinks. They're oh, not good. Whoa. But, <laughs> <laughs> you did it. This hey, guy's hey, hey, Rick, you're doing oh, it. You're doing it. Chicago does stink, don't they? <laughs> yeah, Jeez, you did I mean, but those are the type of teams that, you know, people want to, I, I, you know, the, the fan base, I guess. But um, yeah. you know, for me, McDavid, McDavid is a guy that, I mean, I would pay a lot of money to go watch play. Um Unfortunately, and Edmonton's a great city. Don't get me wrong, Canadian city, but he doesn't get the. I don't think he uh, people understand that are just average hockey people that how great a player to watch him what he does on the ice. So he doesn't get if he was in New York, uh, one of those markets. Um, you know, he would probably probably the ratings would go a lot higher for NHL. Yeah, he's definitely not going to Vegas or Boston. Probably Boston. Actually, he'll Original probably end up in Pittsburgh. He'll probably yeah. end up in Pittsburgh. Yeah, when Sid's yeah. done, yeah. bring in McJesus yeah. because it is the Penguins. They'll play together. They'll play together for a year or two. Might go to your cracking. Well, and Pasta will be there as well. Uh, Tony, your question for Rick Talkett. One thing that we don't talk about on this show is one of the most fascinating stories in the NHL, and that's an organization you're familiar with. How are the How are the Yotes playing in a in the Mold Arena in a five thousand seat stadium? Uh, in what? How does that happen in the NHL? If they don't get it, they they, they got to get the arena done within this year. They 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 got to go somewhere else. I mean, I, I think I think everybody's tired of the whole Yotes thing. It, it, my thing is unreal place to play. I mean, uh, to live. Um, if they can get a new arena, you know, the ownership be strong. They got a ton of draft picks. Uh, then you're going to get some free agents that want to go there. You know, um, that like real legit guys. So 
Um, I, I coach there, and I, I, lo- I know that market. If, if they can, if they, but they have to get a new arena, and it has to be somewhere around Scottsdale or that uh, you know that uh, downtown Phoenix area. Uh, and if they don't, they're dead. It's no way they can survive. I mean, uh, you know, the guy, the owner's probably losing twenty, twenty-five million a year, right? Um, but they got a lot of draft picks. It's just a matter of they oh. can. Oh, in your sport, does that matter? In our sport, it doesn't really. Uh, yeah, I mean, you, you got to hit on your top guys. If you, so don't you don't say. Round, so it's the same. As us. Same as us, then. Same as there's teams that but are. You, like, but you're, the difference with you guys, Pat, is your third rounder, fourth rounder. The percentage of them playing the NHL is a lot higher than than hockey. Like you're a third rounder in the oh. NFL. I don't know what the percentage is. I, I mean, I assume it's over 50%, 60% they play in the, in the NFL, correct? I don't know, probably like probably. 30, 50, probably 30, 30 to 60. 30, yeah. Hockey's probably 10%, 5%. So Yikes. there's a definitely difference when it comes to hockey with the draft. Yeah, you have to hit on your height. And then we're thinking like, okay, now we got to break that down even more because it's a great comparison you're making there because those third-round draft picks are somehow being traded for actual fucking players. Like actual right. players are being traded in our sport for third rounders and fourth rounders, and we're like, how are they getting it there? Are we talking about playing or making it? You know, that's the interesting thing. Like third round or fourth rounders, like getting on the field and playing because they're third or fourth rounders, or like becoming like actual assets for the team. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, kind of, I mean, you get drafted third, even fourth round. Like, you got some. Expect- decent expectations yeah. to get out there and play and, and play opportunity early. Yeah, you're gonna get opportunities to you know get at least a good year, two years to you know show that you're worth that pick. But I think most third rounders, you're ex- definitely expected to make it. Yeah, old lineman. It feels like yeah, there's a lot of hockey. Yeah, hockey's like I I I say it's five percent a third rounder. Like it's Damn. pretty low. So that's the separation yeah. between the great and the good in hockey. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean, listen, there's some like I was a sixth rounder, so you can find hey, players. Fucking in that. Hey, 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 hey! Put the stats on that, that boy talker. That's right, dude. No, but I, I just you know you got to hit on your like I'm sure obviously NFL you got to hit your first rounders, but there's also you know it seems like there's more trades in NFL where they'll you know you get second and third or fourth rounders back, and those are in hockey you get a fifth rounder back. It's kind of a you know it's hitting the dartboard. All right, Rick, before we let you go, we appreciate all your insight. The reason why you made it as a six-rounder, because I don't think there's any first-rounders, second-rounders, third-rounders, fourth-rounders, or fifth-rounders that are getting their fucking jaw broken and then coming right back saying, put some plastic on the (laughs) helmet and let me get back on the ice. You said, I guess I'm old school as the Gordie Howe hat trick record holder. That is for a fight in a game, a goal in the same game, and an assist in the same game. That's a Gordie Howe hat trick. This guy has the record for it. Legend. Broken fucking jaw put me back out there. Uh, you are old school. Same, you are. Same night, the same game? That's what a Gordie yeah. Howe hat trick is. Well, no, 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 no. I mean, this broken jaw. I don't know. Did you get a Gordie Howe hat trick with this game? Do you remember this? Oh, I, I broke I broke my jaw the, the first part. I went back the second. I did score the game winning goal. I did. I <laughs> won't <laughs> Wow. Thank you. Oh, you're a legend, dude. We appreciate you so much uh, stopping by. We're happy you're a large part of the hockey media on TNT, and we can't wait for the Winter Classic on the second at two p.m. Eastern Standard Time, live from Fenway. Yeah, I appreciate getting on. Big fan of the show. Talk to you guys down the road, man. Rick Tocchet, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, Rick! Just tough fuck. Yeah, yeah I mean, that's... Legend. Where's he from? Do we know where he's from? I'd guess Ohio. 
It feels like this is an Ohio guy, but hockey. Scarborough, probably, Ontario. Yeah, I was going to say yeah, Canada. Oh, That's the, uh, By the way, there's a lot of Ohio's in Canada. From yeah. my. Uh, yeah. From my. Yeah. Oh, they have some. Think about how cold it is up there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Saskatoon. It's minus yeah. 70 up there. Cold right? Saskatchewan. Dude, Missoula, Montana. Okay, right now. Oh, you were there. I was not in Missoula. I was in Bozeman. Were... I was three hours away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hour and a half in between it is uh, Butte, Montana, mm-hmm. which is where. Um, Evil Knievel, right. yep. Cold Anderson, yep. and the guy that killed Bin Laden yeah. is from. Bob By the hour and a half in between Bozeman and Missoula or Bozeman and Missoula. I don't know which one is where. Bozeman, Montana State. Missoula, I believe, is University of Montana. I think. Not 100% sure. Heard a lot about Montana. Got a chance to experience it. It was cold as fuck. Okay? It was like a, a bitter cold, too. Mm-hmm. You're up there in the fucking Rockies or whatever it is. Way up in there. Think Today... Feels like negative 70, they say. Negative. Please be what? careful out there. An automated weather station above Highway 2 near Essex, Montana, just reported a wind chill of negative 70. What the fuck does that even mean? Antarctica. Everybody in uh, Montana, we'd like to let you know. We're pulling for you. I don't, yeah, we don't know how warm. a human operates in that. For you. Stay, stay inside. Stay inside. Well, don't awesome. Awesome. Hopefully you don't lose power because if you do, you're dead. Yeah. Yeah. Gumpy lost power last night. He's battling 25 centimeters of snow. Yeah, he couldn't drive because he was 22 <laughs> centimeters of snow yesterday. Gumpy's in Victoria, Canada, which is <laughs> left of uh, Missoula, Montana, I yeah. believe, and everywhere Montana is. Yeah. He did Not hammer one. down in the dark yesterday because he couldn't battle the 22 centimeters of snow. I was told Canada was used to the snow. I was told that I paid for electricity. (laughs) Yes, I was wrong. I was told it's cold out there, though. That's a different cold. It's supposed to get like that here in Indiana and all all across the Midwest. We hope everybody's okay through the uh, holiday weekend and while the holiday's happening currently for I don't know how many different religions, but certainly at least the Jewish community. They have Hanukkah happening right now. Um. I don't want to judge because I like to be a no judgy wudgy. Sure. Of course. Sure. Open minded. No, we've never judged. No judges. I feel like I'm one of the most empathetic humans. Yeah. In a microphone. I will listen to other people's sides and always think, like, well, there had to be a reason why this person did that. And it's not always right. You know, it's not always right. And then when you hear the reason, you're like, well, that's certainly wrong, but at least there was an explanation to it. I feel like our show has become like a. No, we could judge certainly if they do something despicable, but if it's not like, there's a reason why these tough but fair, stern but fair, but fair, but fair, but fair. I feel like that's what this program has been always. Mm-hmm. And we have to make some corrections from yesterday's show, and we'll do that in the next hour with AJ Hawk. AJ will have to be here for that particular yeah. mm-hmm. uh, article reading we will be doing next hour, oh, just yeah. to make sure that everybody understands. Oh, It'll be a reading. Can't wait. Can I wait for it? A Christmas reading. <laughs> These meteorologists and weather people, I can't thank you enough for looking at the Doppler. As everybody knows, I have an affinity for weather people because I grew up in Pittsburgh with the fucking Doppler Don, Joe DiNardo. That's right. He might have actually designed the Doppler. That guy hit way more than Rest in peace. Love, Love you, Joe. Joe. Love you, Joe. Miss you, Joe. 97% from the line. But if it, Bingo. Joe. Bingo. Mm-hmm. People are seeing something on a Doppler. They're seeing a little twisty... Twisty doo-hoo here with a little red and a blue-hoo here. Mm-hmm. And they start maybe, and Joe's like, 
I've seen this one before. Don't worry about it. That's going to settle out. Do not cancel your uh, outdoor plans. Correct. You are going to be A-OK here in the fine city of Pittsburgh. So Amen. I was almost spoiled, I think, with Joe DiNardo's accuracy on the Doppler. As I've grown older, and I don't know if this has become a thing everywhere, so please correct me if I'm wrong, they're almost cutting promos oh, now yeah. for the weather that is potentially on the way. And I don't want to say I appreciate the fact that they're adding entertainment to it and they're adding a little bit of juice to it, but every storm is potentially the storm, right? It feels like nowadays that we're paying attention more to it. And we obviously have to deal with it with not only sports being affected by it and travel being affected, but just as humans out here in Indiana, it's much different weather than it was when I was in Pittsburgh. This storm is being chatted about as if maybe cancel Christmas. What's going on here? Uh How cold is it? Flash freeze, they're saying. Mm -hmm. A flash freeze is going to happen. 30 to 40 degrees are going to drop out of nowhere. And it had already been raining. And when that that temperature drops, like 40 degrees, it's going to be a flash freeze. And everything's going to be ice. And it's going to be shut down. Wind's going to be 50 miles an hour. That's what they're saying right now. It's like, holy shit. You are saying cancel Christmas pretty much because one of the worst imaginable things on earth is coming to town. The Grinch is coming in yeah. a form of flash freezing to every drop of moisture that is outside, which, by the way, it's been, it's been raining for the last 24 sure. hours. That's what they say. So it's going to freeze. When mm-hmm. that freezes, guess what? Oh, ice is slick. What's that mean for the roads? Cars are going to be everywhere. Yep. Whenever you walk, what's it, watch the hips, older sure. folks. Mm-hmm. Watch the falling. Keep your balance. If we were you, we'd stay inside. We'd not travel. If we had travel inside. plans, we would move them 48 hours in advance because we don't know when the storm's going to come. Might come on Saturday. Might come on Friday. Now it's coming on Thursday. Here's a window. We'll know when it hits Illinois. Indiana people are saying, when it hits Illinois uh, border, we'll know what's coming. It's like, but it also might change. It's like, what they're describing right now is one of the worst storms that you could imagine, yeah. especially mm-hmm. for a holiday travel weekend with everything just becoming an ice skating rink. Oh, yeah. That seems like a plan from uh, Mother Nature. Like, that's an actual, like, two-piece, I think. Gotcha. Like, mm-hmm. That's oh, yeah. like, uh, all right, I'm going to rain. It's like when you throw a snowball up in the air. Like, hey, dipshit, you ever, uh, did you grow up in the cold? Nope. Welcome to snow? Yeah, oh. let's have a snowball fight. Okay, cool. I'm going to hit you. Oh, okay, Florida guy, heads up. <laughs> right at you. I mean, that is, that is kind of what Mother Nature's doing here with uh, we're going to have a rain. And then flash freeze. And that's what's being described uh, uh, by these. Are they right? Is that, is, that, is, this an ex- like, is this a real thing? And is, or are they cutting a promo right now? It feels like Santa might have left Mother Nature on red, Reed. Uh, and she's fucking getting them back over oh, this holiday. Some, holiday spite from uh, Mother Nature. Now, since Joe passed. Rest in peace, Joe. Nora. Love you, Joe. Miss Joe, Joe. Joe. There's only one guy I go to, and that's Jim. Cantor. Fellow pies on. Like Joe. Like Joe. That's Great. all the only people I trust. And potentially, no, nah, not potentially, the, the greatest weatherman we have today. Okay? He's out there tweeting like it's real, so uh, I'm going to take that as gospel. Ooh. Okay, and he's probably in it right he now. Actually oh, quote, yeah. He actually, I saw that Missoula tweet because he quote tweeted it and said, fucking old. <laughs> so I was introduced to Jim Cantor because of Tone Diggs. He is known for his hurricane coverage, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, where he will actually just go stand right in the middle of it. And at his house, obviously, for the hurricane, he has uh, one of those rain umbrella hat things and a jacket, a rain jacket and everything like that. He also has ice skates. Yes. He has the snowboard goggles. Uh, Right. He has the 15 scarves. He has the scuba kit. Fire suit. And he's skating with this storm right now. If if they cut to him, he is on (laughs) 70 East skating right down the side with, with pa- this storm. Probably with a parachute where the wind's 
dragging. Dragging him, yeah. That's he, probably what's happening, if we had to guess. So if Jim Cantor's saying, I guess we should respect it. Definitely but also, respect it. your travel, I think we should change. Yeah. I think we should change your travel. Yeah, and, for sure. Definitely get that. I was clueless, too, obviously, this weather. Until last night, I'm at the bar having dinner, watch the game. Older lady, you know, kind of just conversation. She's talking about travel. Yeah. Oh. You get back to your room. You turn on channel 14. You know, older lady. I'm like, yeah. all right, let me just check the, you know, these kind of. Let's call the, the phone lady. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of killed yeah, the I, other I, game, well, Do you but, know what um, the name? WTHR got it. Yeah, I'll find it. <laughs> channel 14, channel 10. She gave me a couple of channels to check. But it sounds like the real. I heard you. You should get into that uh, promo cutting weather report. I heard you this morning tell us somebody mm-hmm. about the weather. You did a. Well, that's what I was literally reading what they wrote. Yeah. Yes. And what you just heard was pretty much what they wrote. And I'm like, damn, like this is a promo mm-hmm. that they're cutting for this storm. And it's adjusting a lot of people's lives. A lot because oh, yeah. it's a holiday a lot weekend. Of canceled flights. That's what I'm saying. A lot of canceled Christmas is happening right oh, yeah. now. You know what I mean? And if this storm, I hope it's not if bad. If it's a miss, it's a No, I hope start. it's not bad. That's good for everybody. It's not yeah. bad. Because any storm that comes, especially one that has dangerous conditions, oh, yeah. is not good for, it, for society, yeah. humanity. But for the weather people community, the way this one's being painted is like, hey, cancel Christmas if you're in the middle of America. Don't even try to travel. And it's like their message has been sent. Like people are, people are very scared right now of the weather that's coming to do anything. And uh, I just hope it's not as bad for the sake of everybody. But if it isn't as bad for the sake of the weather people, it's like, will we hear, like, what, how do they, will we ever get some transparency like we expect from NFL no. officials? Or? Doesn't matter. Damage is done. Because if you were flying, you've definitely already, you know, changed your flight and stuff like that. So if you don't get it, you know, you're just going to be more pissed that nothing happened. So at this point, it's kind of like, hey, it better come. And it's know? not their fault. No, it's not. not. their fault. They didn't, they're not the you ones up ch- there. don't have a choice. They're not the ones up there throwing together the weather. No. Because the alternative is you don't do anything. You show up at the airport, you yeah. wait around, and then your flight gets canceled anyway. And then you got to drive back to wherever your house is in shitty conditions. And, you know, it's kind of a, it's a double-edged sword. It's but, a no-win situation right. for the weather folks. Mm-hmm. But when it involves, like, holiday season, in plant, especially in this post-COVID era. Oh, yeah. Right, where some families were, like, scared. Haven't seen each other in years, probably. Yeah, yeah and this is, like, the first one's good. I mean, that looks real. And I'm just, yes. Oh, this the, <laughs> this <laughs> Doppler appears to be, this is something I've, I've never seen before. And I think that's kind of how the weather people have been acting as well, like, Hey, this, I don't really know if we've ever seen this that type of thing before. Bad. Peace. Hey, uh, Everybody be safe. Yeah. yeah. Everybody please be safe. Better be real. You know, we, Nick, we, we don't want it to be real. It's bad for future, though, because it's share the weather community. Yeah, it's not good for them. It's bad for the people because the next Boy, time. Boy, you they cried do wolf. This, yeah, exactly. Next time they do this, people won't listen, and then it will be that bad, and then they'll be fucked for two. Different weekends, this one and that one. And also, if it is a big storm like it appears to be here, we would like everybody to make sure they go out of their way mm-hmm. to say, hey, weather folks, thank you for the heads up. Yeah, so we didn't get glided up. We need to, be, we need to have that yeah. as well. And we will be loud about that because if what is coming is coming and appears to be coming is coming, this is a fucking problem for a lot of a lot of places. I, I think they normally they'll get snow wrong, but they don't. I don't think they get wind and uh, temperature wrong a lot of time. And that's what this one's bringing. Going to find out. Also, uh, the uh, Saints and Browns game, basically the same exact forecast front. as Patriots and Bills last year. Okay. Oh shit! Sure. Okay. That total's already thirty. Thank you, Tony. Fuck! Yeah, we should have got that early. I think I don't think there was thirty-two points scored in the end. Twelve, fourteen, nine, fourteen, eleven in the Bills' pass. Bro, that was the fucking. We should have been ahead of this. Yeah. This is our thing. Now we story. know. 
Hey, barrel eights never. Yeah, but they're going to move. They're going to move. They were giving away a free bet just a little bit ago. Mm-hmm. Fandle was. Anyway, we can do this during the break. Yeah. <laughs> we can do it. Well, now we should do it now because we just said it. So they're going to try to get us before under 32 and a half. Well, if the meteorologists are wrong, though. Also, if you haven't bought, you know, ice melt or salt oh, yet, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'd suggest go out and uh, get, get some it. of that, like, today. Yeah. D, but you should also get a Christmas gift for Sal Powell since you're staying at his house this weekend. Yeah, because those <laughs> flights are going to be canceled. NFL matchups actually a 72-hour show now. The yep. war stories that you are going to hear. Yeah. You just think about getting a wet suit, Oh, Sal's got one. Good All right, let's get to a break. Um, yeah, he still has all his seals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Real thing, though. This storm is a real thing, allegedly. Yeah, be careful for everybody. Like, it's from here Bring all the way to Bring your pets inside, too. It's like the whole fucking country. Yeah, legit. Hey, if you people live... People leave their pets outside. Look at Florida's about to get real cold. Yeah, we got a little cold front, too. Oh, 44, boom, 39. Man, it's going to rain so hard, man. They got to deal with hurricane stuff, though. 35. True. Exactly. We yeah. don't have that conversation. True. We, we have, have tornado. Deal. And we have those same, you know, hurricane conversations. You know, everyone is the... Not everyone, but that's what I'm referring to. But you got to, you know, you got to take heat. You got to take a lot of old heads, though. You got 60 people that have been in Florida 40, 50, 60 years. Like, ah, fuck it. That's what's going on with this storm, though, with people that are used to the cold. They're like, can't be worse than the blizzard in 94. (laughs) And it's It's like, you're telling me the blizzard in 94 is coming again here? I doubt it. They say this every year. That's what everybody says. There'll be Arctic wolves roaming around. There might be. Well, that's what happens to the hurricane, right? Hurricane, the ocean Uh just gets picked up, and there's sharks just Mm -hmm. living in the neighborhood. Yeah. So not only do you have to worry about your couch uh, getting water damage, you got to worry about your ankles getting gnawed on Mm -hmm. by a great white shark. That's right. That's what hurricanes got to deal with. Mm -hmm. Is that what this polar vortex is bringing? Arctic wolves from the Arctic. Happy holidays, Merry Christmas. The Talks Table is here at Boston Connor at Ty Schmidt. One half of the hammer, Don Cowboys, Taron Diggs is here. The host of Everything DB, which will happen today, and the Man to Man podcast, and NFL matchups with Sal Paul Antonio. Darius Butler is here. And joining us live from an attic in Ohio is a man who's a college football national champion, a Super Bowl champion, Ryder Cup champion, video game shit stirrer, NBA pundit, COVID survivor, and. Jolly old Saint Nick mm-hmm. for the holidays. Yeah, he is. Ten kids, ladies and gentlemen, AJ Hawk. Yeah. What's up, dude? What's up? I hear you guys. Uh, you're you're worrying, complaining about the right. the upcoming possible it's weather. Not, we huh? aren't complaining. Congrats. <laughs> we wow. are com- officially, officially old people now, huh? Is that what we are? Shut up. Shut. Yeah. What's you, your fucking what's you guys? Seventeen days from now, you see the forecast. I better bundle up. Seventeen days is like <laughs> tomorrow, dude. This is well, literally you know, tomorrow. Let's just deal Fuck with the weather off. when it gets here, all right? Obviously, we can we can handle it and have stuff ready, but come on now. Let's just live. ZD, baby, this light has become a strobe light yet again. We should yeah, probably just yeah. turn it this, off. This but, one on this side, too. Uh, and Connor's as well. It's good. Sweet. I don't know how much we paid for it. They work. Um, <laughs> just like the Doppler does. We're not complaining about it. Jesus. It is just a topic of conversation that should be had because the alarms and reports about this particular winter storm are as if... The entire country, north of like North Carolina, mm-hmm. and maybe like New Mexico, mm-hmm. and maybe Tennessee in the middle, north of there, every time you're about to get a big fuck you from Mother Nature right before the holiday, and it's not just a standard weather winter fuck you. No, no, this is a two piece combo from Mother Nature where it's rain, flash freezes. Everything's an ice skating rink, you know, and it's like this is the travel time. So what we're saying is it is our duty as a platform to allow people 
insight on situations that could affect their lives. And if you only watch sports, you need to know there's a big fucking storm allegedly coming. You're saving lives, okay? Trying to, AJ. So it's in complaining. Now, this is a service to our society, pal. But we're also bringing up if this doesn't, you know, what's being said. If it doesn't. Might be a tough day in the Doppler community. And, and I don't know if they got a Donardo <laughs> still that's going to yeah. be able to rally the troops. That's all we're saying, AJ. We're not complaining. Right and now. is this not a football that's... show? Exactly. And under. Are they, are they playing? There's Joe. Are they playing in the weather this weekend? Okay. We're covering it. Yeah. What were you going to say, though, AJ? As a man who grew up in Ohio, so obviously you've been around these types oh. of things your entire life, this seems bigger than it's ever been before, this winter <laughs> storm that's coming. Honestly, it sounds like it. It, well, this is the kind of storm that sucks the most, though, because if you said, hey, we're going to get dumped with 18 inches of that's snow, fun. that's great. Cool. Let's go sled and we can yeah. shovel it out. But when it's all ice, it just shuts everything down. And it's not fun. Yes. So, yeah, this is the worst kind. And also, holiday, where everybody's traveling, snow, obviously not great for traveling, but at least plows can yeah, kind of right. get to red. Doable. Yeah. Ice can't do no, Ice, you can't do anything. Wind I, sucks. Ice, you can't, the wind is supposed to be the soul worst. snatching. They're saying 50 mile hour winds, Shit. negative yeah. 11 when, what does that even mean? It feels like negative 70 in Montana, right? Did you see that? Yeah, how do, yeah, like you said, how do they gauge that? How do you exactly tell us? So there's a so, mathematic equation right. where they take the wind speed times 0.25 and then the temperature index, and then there's a full thing. It's like, well, to me, does it feel like negative? My wife feels colder than I feel. Like, mm-hmm. does she feel the same thing? Is it like maybe and, negative 50 for me and negative 70 for her? Or is it negative 70 baseline? So she's going to feel negative 80, negative 90, and I'm going to feel negative 60. I just think for feels like that's a human. Uh, Once it's below. It's cold as fuck this weekend. Yeah. Yes. It's supposed to be bad. Let's make sure we stay safe. Joining us now is a man who does not have to worry about that. Nope. No, I don't know. Until Monday. Uh, that's right. Safe travels, hopefully, honestly, genuinely. Mm-hmm. Man who went to the University of Texas. At Texas, he turned a lot of heads because he was punter and kicker, had a massive leg, and his last name was awesome. I believe he hit a game winner, and the whole world trended Dicker the kicker. Then coming out of college, everybody at Texas that had watched his career thought and assumed that he would go to an NFL team automatically because of how talented he is. That was not the case. Goes to Philadelphia. Hits a game winner for them in relief of Jake Elliott, who's a pro bowler, so Philadelphia decides not to keep him, lets it go back on the streets. Then the Chargers, who have had a kicking problem for a long time, sign him. His first game there hits a game winner. People didn't even know his name. People didn't even know his name on the team. Kyle Van Noy's mic'd up going... Was this guy's Dicker is his name? Didn't even know his first name. Now, no big deal. Ho hum. 16 of 17 this year, which is a 94.1% make rate. If that was to hold up for the rest of the year, that would be the highest in NFL history for a rookie, for an entire rookie season. Hell yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, great name, great leg, great kicker, Cameron Dicker. Yeah! What's up, dude? Hello, how are you? Hey, good. I thought that introduction was worthy because I don't know how many people keep up to date with all their kicking stuff, but everybody knows you, dude. Because of your name, because of what you've done in the big moments, this season has been awesome to watch as a fan of yours. Was there ever a moment where you thought you weren't going to make it? Whenever a team didn't pick you up, you go to Philly, you make a game winner, you do everything you're supposed to do, they drop you, you're out there. Was there ever any doubt, or did you kind of understand that an NFL ball was the same as a college ball, and if you're able to kick it, it's going through the fucking uprights 94.1% of the time, which is unreal, Cameron? Yeah, I mean, uh, it was a little little scary at first, sitting at home for the first six, seven weeks of the season. But uh, God, I think I watched you come down for WrestleMania or some WWE event. 
went down there and you were you were over, and so that was fun to go watch, but it was a little, a little weird at first. Hey, you're a wrestling fan, using the word over like that. Hey, for shoot, love that, pal. <laughs> Absolutely love everything you just did, and thank you for watching. But yeah, for me, when seeing you not get picked up for a while, I just assumed, because I understand the kicking world, I'm like, oh, he must have some shit he's got to figure out. He, he's got a, there, there maybe is a consistency thing with the NFL ball or anything like that. Were you going to workouts? Were you just not having great days on those workouts? What do you think it was? We had workouts for, so I got dropped by the Rams. There's like four or five days before workouts happened. And then it was a seven day period after the first preseason game um, where I had six workouts in seven days, then got picked up by the Ravens played in the final preseason game that last flew in Friday, played Saturday, flew home Sunday, and then didn't hear anything really until week six. That's bananas. How were you kicking through that? Were you kicking good through all those? Kicking good through everything. So, yeah, it was good good days. It it was strange. It was teams that I didn't really think needed kickers, and I don't know why they were having workouts. And then one of them was the Colts as a punter workout. But, I mean, just – Going wherever I got a call because that's what you do. Yeah, smart. <laughs> I think I think they missed a lot. Obviously, a lot of teams did. Go ahead, AJ. So, what do you do at all these workouts? You said what six and seven days, I believe. What like are they all taking you through the same kind of progression? Like, what all they what all what do they want to see? How do they know? In a way, um, depending on coaches, kind of changes how much you kick. But some coaches like seven field goals, so you go through and just hit seven field goals. Um, if so. One of our workouts, there was six of us there, so it was one person every single kick at every single yardage, and so you just slowly went through and then just go have like five minutes and then start hitting kickoffs, and so you're done in like 25 minutes. Hey, were you you were winning those contests or no? Most, I'd say, was up there, yeah. Most of them, yeah. Wait, because that's interesting. If there's six of them, did they rotate who went first on every single kick, or was it same order? Same order. We you would just go through and just keep rolling. That's interesting. That's a, I'm happy mm-hmm. I never. I was a part of a um, a kicking contest that was not public. I don't think, and I think we've talked about yeah. it before, right? Vinian. Adam Vinatieri, mm-hmm. my rookie year. He's the kicker. He's the kicker. He's the kicker. Has hip injury, so we bring in Matt Stover. Obviously, <laughs> Matt Stover, like the number two kicker of that generation. Adam Vinatieri, number one kicker of that generation. Adam Vinatieri gets something. I don't know if he gets rehab or whatever. A couple weeks he's there. Stover's kicking for the team. We're about to go to the playoffs. This one we're undefeated. Vinatieri's like, all right, I think I could kick. You know, I, I don't know if I'm back or not. So the special teams coordinator comes in a team meeting and goes, today, during field goal period, we're going to be kicking two balls from each spot. Matt Stover will kick first, and then Adam Vinatieri is going to kick second. This is not a competition. This is not a competition. This is just to see where Adam's at or whatever. And everybody in the room was like, oh, this is a competition. This is a competition. So we're all thinking that. Justin Snow, the long snapper, who you guys got a chance to meet last week, he comes up to me and he goes, bud, we're in the middle of a fucking kicking competition between Adam Vinatieri and Matt Stover today. And I was like, Okay, don't need the added pre- – I was, like, kind of pumped to be a part of it. I, I wasn't framing it in the way that you're yeah. framing it there. It was like, oh, shit, i got to be on my thing. Because two different leans, Dicker, two different leans. Mm-hmm. And I'm a rookie. This is my first year holding, so I'm in a part of it. The entire team stood in, like, a horseshoe, basically <clears throat> basically around the field goal. And it was, like, eight spots back to back to back to back to back. Good, I gave a good hold for – we gave a good snap, good hold for everybody. Oh, yeah. Vinatieri did win that particular. I, I think he hit two more. Um 
then Stover, or maybe one more. And then something happened behind the scenes where we didn't have that happen anymore. And uh, <laughs> Vinatieri was not kicking the rest of the year, and everybody was very confused by it. But there was – because Vinny had been on the team for nine or ten years at that point, and he was their guy, and he's Adam Vinatieri. And Stover had just been on our team for four years, and he's kicking – or four games. He's kicking, he's making it like 35-yarder. And then Vinny lines up, and you hear, like, Reggie, all right, Vin, all right. <laughs> right? So, like, he lines up. He makes it through. There's an actual, okay. And then the next one, I'm like, Stover is. Stover is one versus 52 right yeah. now. Yeah. I, I don't even know if he knows that. How far did he get back? I think we won 52, 53. Okay. Every time Vinatieri practice, we went to 60-plus. What are you doing in practice? You going long balls every time you kick or no? No, when we go team, we go 55, probably 57, I think, was Max who's gone so far with the team. Who picks that, you? No, I just go with whatever coach says. <laughs> oh, so I was the one actually spotting the ball in the field goal period, which was okay. uh, quite a thing. Like, put it there, put it there, because I would read how Vinny was hitting it. Because you need to make a 60-plus yarder in practice for there to ever be a thought of a 50-plus yeah. yarder. So if Vinny was hitting the ball well, it's like, yeah, let's go back to, like, 63, just so everybody knows that it's there. <laughs> Something to do later in your career. Something to do later yep. in your career when yep. you get going. And I feel like you're earning the trust of everybody quickly. Has there been any moments that have been too big? Every time you've had to step in, it seemed like early in your career, it was for game winners, and you hit those fuckers. Hey, there was no questions. <laughs> was there ever any doubt? Was there, have you always been like this? And what do you think about when you're going out there? No, I feel pretty calm. I mean, I think a lot of good kickers don't really think about much. I kind of just let the body take over. And so running out on the field, don't really think about anything. Just kind of line up, pick a spot up behind the uprights and just try to hit it. Yeah, you do great, dude. Honestly, you do fantastic. It seems like everybody loves you over there too. Ty, your question for yeah, Dick, Dicker the kicker. Dicker, was there any like a, was there a point this year where you know you mentioned getting all those tryouts in the preseason and then you don't get any calls for you know six weeks? Are there any points in there where you're like, oh shit, I might have to actually consider doing something else, or did you just assume, hey, if I wait long enough, my opportunity is probably going to come? I, I kind of was thinking if I wait long enough, talk with my agent and everything. Um, he, he was just saying the guys he's represented, it's been that way. You just wait wait and let something happen. Somebody's going to get hurt somewhere. Somebody's going to miss kicks somewhere, and you just be ready for that opportunity. Darius, your question for Cam. Yeah, uh, so you guys were actually my preseason Super Bowl picks, and I'm sticking with it. What's the vibes like? You've been there, what, eight, nine, ten weeks now with the team. Now, what's the vibes like in the locker room as y'all make this uh, playoff push late in the season? It's awesome. I think everybody's excited. Um, tough, big win that we just had. I yep. think big game's coming up, and so hoping. Yeah, Monday's going to be tough, yeah, bro. Good luck. Hey, good luck Monday night, pal. <laughs> Tom Telesco sent me a text and said, hey, let's not do anything thicker, okay, please? <laughs> no, 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 no. He's the reason why I got drafted, so I have – yeah. The utmost amount of respect. You guys are coming into a tough Colts house. Hey, listen, it's going to be loud, Dicker. It's going to be loud, Dicker. It's going to be fun. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's going to be fun. Not for you. No, yeah. No, I, I don't <laughs> think so. Hey, hey, we're going to make it as hard hey. as possible, aren't we? God we're going to make it as hard right. as possible on you, Dicker. No, I'm excited mm -hmm. to see you in warm-ups. I'm excited oh, to watch. Yeah. I'll be out there early to watch you in warm-ups because Sweet. how impressed I have been with you. You got big ball? You like big ball? No. Uh, I mean, I usually go back. I'll hit. 50, I'll hit my 52, go to like a 57, and then if I hit that well, maybe go back. But I'll usually just be like, yeah, felt good. Because realistically, they Ever. aren't putting me out there for anything 60-plus unless it's in 
emergency. Yeah, literally ever. Let alone like rookie yeah. kicker. Yeah. And I always you got Herbert the and, exactly. And they're going mm-hmm. for it on fourth and whatever. Oh, eight. Eight. If there's an opportunity <laughs> for it. So that, that's probably a smart play. That's much more mature than I was when I was young. I was like, <laughs> I'm gonna hit the long ball here, and I'm I like, you should we just hit that 70 yarder? And they're like, Yeah, yeah, it's really. Good. Ever going to do that in a game? Never. Oh, okay. Why don't you go make like five 40-yarders in a game? Well, that's no fun. That's no fun at all. Uh, Tone, your question for Dick or the kicker. Yeah, we were talking about uh, holding actually a lot this week. How nice has it been potentially for you who someone had, has to, had to have bounced around now to finally get into a groove with your holder and, and them get to learn like what you like? Yeah, no, it's awesome. I mean, I think Josh starts with long snapper. Nobody really talks about that too much. But if you have a bad snap, it makes the holder's life kind of a living hell because they're the one that needs to fix everything. But um, JK has been doing a great job. He's every day asking, hey, is this good? Is this good? And so I'm a pretty not picky guy, but little little bit of a lean right, and uh, we're good to go. Oh, you like to front knee, uh, like a little away from you too, or straight up and down? Mm-hmm. Just a little bit towards the holder, so a little bit away from me. Forward lean? Forward lean or no? Um, if it's a windier game, we'll do forward, but most of the time, just just normal. Just keep it neutral. <laughs> You're a good dude, man. I am so happy for what you've experienced, which is nothing but success as a kicker. Seems like the Chargers are an electrifying team to be a part of. They all yeah. seem to like you as well. I got a lot of messages excited that you were coming on the show. We appreciate you so much, man. Keep it going. Of course. Thank you. Hey, hook them, huh? Let's go. Oh, yeah. Hook them horns, baby. <laughs> oh, yeah. Cameron Dicker, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, He sounds like a bro, huh? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Going over. Very chill. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah, you were over. That was you know? sweet. That, that was, was sweet. That was good. Hey, you heard that, AJ. You love that type of talk. I knew. Yeah, for shoot. I knew. Yeah, yeah, exactly yeah. what he's saying. There, there it is. is. <laughs> That's a shoot, brother. That is. That is a shoot. He's really good. And oh, yeah. I enjoyed hearing him say, like, yeah, I'm trying not to think about anything because those people. Yeah are the ones that do it. As soon as you start realizing, that was like when Justin Snow told me, hey, we're, we're in the middle of a thing. I was like, bro, I don't need to, don't oh, tell me shit. that. Like, I'm, I'm just, <laughs> shut up. Bro, I, I just got to hold double the holds today. That's all I heard. I didn't hear, like, yeah, this is like one of the biggest kicking competitions in the history of the sport. Two of the greatest kickers of the generation are battling for a definite Super Bowl run in the middle, and we're in the middle. Like, I don't, hey, whoa. Too much information. Pipe down. Maybe in the middle of that I can start thinking about that. But let's not have me thinking about this for the next three hours before practice. But that is really what it was. Those kicking competitions, I never had to do one. I had to hold for one uh, that we had in an offseason. But that has to be a good time. Like, I kind of wish I was able to do a couple of those. Just because you can actually – you know, that's a that's a little where you, you can, can screw you can screw one guy and help the other. Is what you're saying? No, as a kicker, you can apply a little pressure mm-hmm. to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Though, like you know, they they brought in a couple guys to compete oh, with yeah. me a couple years, and I love I really really loved it. You know, it's like as soon as we get out there, I'd play. I would like this guy to hear and see what's coming off my foot <laughs> before he, you know what I mean? Before he even picks up a ball, he's going to be introduced real quick to uh, something that people have referred to as the boomstick and just to see how they respond to it, yep. you know, like immediately how they responded. Like McManus came into camp with us. I loved McManus coming into camp. He had a massive leg. So, like, whenever Vinny saw McManus hitting big balls, it made Vinny better because Vinny also going back. Like, in those warm-ups of games, I enjoy getting there for the warm-ups. That's when, like, there is a, there is a real 
there's a little bit of a something going on between the kickers and punters. And if you're not a kicker and punter, you can't respect it. But if your kid's a kicker or a punter you sh- and you get a chance to go to an NFL game, you should certainly try to get in there for warm-ups because there is some fucking applied pressure going on. between. Two. There's been times, and I, I think I told a story about Cyphers. Mm-hmm. Cyphers was with the Chargers, and that was my, oh, I, I got to get a lot better real quick. <laughs> he was standing right next to me. And I was getting a snap, and I was punting, and then he was getting a snap, and he was punting. And he was the reason I was drafted to the Colts, because he was playing for the Chargers. He pinned Peyton Manning in the playoffs inside his own five, like, seven straight times with, like, 66-yard balls and, like, 70-yard balls. And, like, that's why they lost the playoff game is because of field position. So Hunter Smith, after being here and beloved by everybody for 12 years or 13 years, he gets released. Then a guy who's never punted before, really, in the NFL style gets drafted for it. It was certainly a change of events. So I was sitting on... And Justin Snow had told me about Cyphers being the reason why I was on the team right before we go out for warm-ups with Cyphers out there, by the way. Snow's just, just a reminder, like, hey, when you're watching this guy, this is, like, the guy right now or whatever. Like, I sat next to him. Like, I punted a ball, and it was, like, like barely. And then he took one. It was, like, boom, like a bomb right off. And it was going up into the Lucas Oil Stadium window, it felt like. It was just, like, that thing might hit the fucking roof of this place. Wow. And then it came down. So then I'm like, all right, don't hey, this don't be a bitch. Let's, let's go, like you know. So I go to hit one. I try to swing so hard, I fucking shank it. Obviously, it goes off the side. He gets another one. Boo! It's just like a so high. And then he has like this little walk, casual back as he's walking it. And I'm just watching this thing. I'm like, God, oh, you are getting fucking. We're either stopping warm ups right now, yeah. or we're gonna hit one. So I try my hardest. I hit like a bullshit one. You know, my form wasn't at the place to hit. I could have never got to the ball that he was at with what my form was. And then he did another one, and then another one, and then he backed up behind me. And then I don't know if he was doing it on purpose, but a ball would get snapped to me, and he would hit a ball right before I would punt. And then I would punt, and his ball would hit after my ball. And he's behind me, and it's long. And I'm like, that was a real moment for me. That was like uh, in the offseason when I was trying to learn how to fucking punt. It was like, cannot get – Cannot get punked by ciphers in warm-ups ever again. So if you ever get into a game early and want to check some shit out, the kickers are doing it. There's, when I was a kicker, I used to tee up five yards behind mm-hmm. the people and just let them hear it go over their head, you know, just a little. Because you can't really talk shit much to many other people when you're a kicker or punter. But other kickers and punters, you can have a little bit of Oh, yeah, back and forth. Yeah, ciphers fucking just absolutely punked the shit out. Made me better. Yeah. Hey, made me better. Cypher yeah. sent me a text when I was nominated for the Hall of Fame. He was like, congrats or whatever. And I was almost embarrassed, like, texting him back. Like, you, you've been on the same field as me. And at that point, <laughs> and at that point, I was nowhere near what I ended up being. But I want to let you know, you humiliating me in front of my family and all of Indianapolis <laughs> made me a lot better. Like, I, I've, I've tried to send that message to him a lot. Like, like Shane Leckler as well. That was another guy. A couple warm-ups early in my career. He's just fucking murdering. They are going so so far these balls are going am i or not and then like later in my career when he was with the texans it was cool to get like the uh you know because the warm-ups had flipped a little bit Mm -hmm. you know what i mean the warm-ups had flipped a little bit for me as i got older and i learned it and shane like giving me like uh all right almost you know i'm like my guy like that was uh that was a big moment for me so i appreciate all of them shane needs going to hall of fame though that guy and then cypher's ass should fucking be Maybe next up there. I don't think I've ever. He's a country fuck too. Like he is a southern. I really? mean, we're talking a whole nine. Just like Andy Lee, I think he's a big country boy that's just murdering footballs back in the days. 
It's an interesting. Dickerson. Is it like, is your warm ups like bowling, where you know you got to kind of you kind of slow down and wait if the person right next to you is about to go, oh, and you're like, cool. okay, you go. So warm ups have a purpose. You're trying to find the wind stream. You're trying to figure out where you go. Like there is a lot of things that have purpose, so you're trying to figure it out. But yeah, normally it is a one what? after another type thing. You one know at I mean? a time. Yeah, it's cool. You should try to boom it. Like I get, yeah, I never knew you guys were out there trying to piss all over each other before the game and intimidate. It. That's that's news to me. I don't know if everybody else was. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like Cyphers was. I know Cyphers certainly sure. was. Yeah, Shane's and I assume they just say no. We're just warming up. Just warming up. Did you ever? Uh, yeah, just warming up. Just warming up. Ever try like, to directionally punt and hit people that you didn't like on the other sideline or something? No, no. That that's a big conversation piece because when we kick on the field, there's normally shit happening on the field too. Right, like there's a check ceremony happening before I the mean, game. Look at, you guys will come out when there's a halftime show still going on and start punting and kicking. So that's a whole – I was a part of a, quite a scene there for that whole thing. Preseason game, couple kickers on the other team, couple punters on our team, couple punters on their team. Somebody on the other team was punting, and there was a high school band contest happening in Indianapolis. Uh-oh. And the winner of the high school band contest got to perform at halftime of the preseason game. And I'm not going to say the name of the person. Mm-hmm. The other team had a backup punter that wasn't that did not know where the ball was going. Apparently, <laughs> like he, I was watching said guy punt a lot. He did not know, and I thought it was dangerous. What he what he was, I thought he was. Uh, um, that is, if you if the, the tip of the ball comes down like a sixty yarder and hits you in the temple, like good luck. And I try to put myself in his position where like he's getting an opportunity to maybe make an NFL team and get NFL film, so he's not worried about anything else. Mm-hmm. But that band was clearly. One miss by him, mm-hmm. in the, like I would not have even been. Were you surprised at the the confidence that he too. showed or the delusion he showed in that moment? All those things, yeah. Those are the words yeah. that I was looking for. And he hit. I mean, he blasted a kid. Oh, direct shot, like shoulder, oh, no. face, and it became a big. Letter was writ wrote to the Colts. Oh boy, big long one, <laughs> taking a lot of shots at kickers and punters. Mm-hmm. And, how this band earned to be on the field, and yep. that punter did not. She cut him. It was like an end of it. Yeah, it was bad. And so I had to answer questions about it. And they're like, was this us that did this? And I was like, uh, it was not. I did see who it was. I will not say who it was. <laughs> but I thought it was a little bit aggressive as well, what they were doing. I could see how the parents would be very pissed off yeah. by this particular setup. But there's not a lot of space, you know, and you can miss one and hit somebody. I've missed the kicking net on the sideline. That's something that happened. Oh yeah, that happens all the time. I feel like does it? I only did it once in my whole <laughs> into the stands or no down the sideline. So I have going live, live action is live live action. Not crazy. Imagine the ball just. Oh yeah, late in the season too. Down was yeah. closed. I don't remember what game it was. Maybe week thirteen, week fourteen. Late in the season, at Lucas Oil, we're undefeated at that point. I'm punting into the net, you know, and I guess that was my first year, so I didn't really have it all figured out yet. I guess I must have pulled it a little little early. That thing hits off the top of the fucking metal thing, of that, and then perfect spiral. <laughs> it didn't get affected enough. Perfect spiral down the sideline, lands in the defensive side of the thing uh, in the white next to the field. So could it plays happening. Hit somebody in the back of the leg, I think. And I was like, hey, uh, need that ball. Sorry. Who did that? <laughs> so then so there was, did you just see where that came from? Then there was a full, like, you know, there's a fool like that would be a penalty. You know, like, you got to be very. I'm like, okay, all right, I get, yeah. I can't miss a net. I get, I'm a it won't happen again. I'm, I'm trying my best not to, but I could see how it could happen more often. Anyways, I appreciate Dicker coming on. I also appreciate the fact that we do this show every single day, don't you, D Button? Damn right. 
How about you, Ty and Connor? Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. Lucky to do it. Tongue digs. We get to do the show every single day. That's a good thing because we get to cover every single story. Ain't that right? One half of the hammer. Dad! Cowboys. An Tongue absolute digs. blessing. And AJ, you've, you've said it numerous times. Love doing this for a living. We get to do this yes. for a living. It's an mm-hmm. honor to do this job every single day. Isn't that, isn't that right, AJ? Bingo. Yes, it is. Absolutely. You know, we get to follow the stories. It feels like we're a part of the NFL season for a lot of people, and for that we are eternally grateful. We also get the opportunity to correct any wrongs that we had literally the day before. Mm-hmm. We don't have to wait an entire week. We don't have to wait until the next show. Nope. We can do it literally the next day. Yesterday, we got a couple things wrong. Chief Saholic was arrested in Bixby, Oklahoma, within six minutes of being there by the Bixby Police Department over there in Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. We said he was arrested in Texas. This interstate armed robber was caught in the great state of Oklahoma, not in Texas. We have to get that corrected. Shout out to Bixby. Shout out to Bixby PD. Good work. The other thing we got wrong, and this is on me, while we were talking to Aaron Rodgers, you brought up signals. And you brought up the article that was written in The Athletic about former teammates talking about signals being used from previous seasons and expectations on signals and how Aaron treats people and who gets signals and everything like that, painting Aaron Rodgers in a negative light with his signals and why there is not as much success on the field as you know there could have been or has been in the past with Devontae Adams and everything like that. I followed up to your question and said, yeah, the article, which I did not read, and I I think I said I did not read. I I might have alluded to seeing some headlines, which I did see some headlines. I do not have an athletic subscription, so I was not able to read it. But I said anonymous sources, I believe, said blah, 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 blah. The article's author, Kaylin Kayer. Kayler, I think. Kaylin Kayler, who has worked in the sports media world for a long time, Okay, formerly of Defector Media, Sports Illustrated, and the Monday Morning Quarterback, now senior NFL uh, journalist for The Athletic. Been around the game, long time. She quote tweeted the video of Aaron calling it exaggerated nothingness Mm -hmm. and a nothing burger, which surprised me as descriptors for an article. Actually made me laugh a little bit. Anytime Aaron Rodgers says something like exaggerated nothingness, like I find it hilarious because that is like the most Aaron Rodgers thing to say about an article about Aaron Rodgers. Yes. Like, mm-hmm. like, exaggerated nothingness is a hysterical descriptor of anything, especially when it's coming about a person, coming from a person that has an article written about them that isn't in a glowing light or whatever. So I, I found that funny. Kaylin Kaler of The Athletic quote tweeted that video and says, all I have to say is all the sources were on the record. You could, you know, read it to find that out. She tweeted at me with that whole thing. So this obviously led to every one of her journalist friends and everybody that is a fan of Kaylin and her work because she has done great work for a long time, to obviously open season on my professionalism and everything like that. Steve Millar, who covers high school journalism, he's a high school sports journalist, obviously. He says, this is embarrassing, Pat McAfee. 30 seconds of research would show they weren't anonymous sources. You then could have asked questions about stuff his current teammates were quoted on. That would have been entertaining. Maybe he wouldn't come back on your show, though. (laughs) Okay, Steve. And then another uh, aspiring journalist from Canada had this to say. The guy who is afraid of vaccines is now talking shit about articles made about him. Is he Donald Trump? Man, even your teammates don't like you. A clown trying to get applause from kids. Okay, this is aspiring media person. This is the two-time MVP of the biggest league on earth. 
mm-hmm. is how these people are talking about it because I think of how he how he talked about his stance. Now I'm vaccinated, obviously. Mm-hmm. We've been learning a lot about that, yeah. but I am still got I it. am vaccinated, still got it. Aaron had his stance on it. Aaron, MVP of the NFL. Aaron, successful human being who's going to be remembered as the greatest ball thrower of all time in the biggest league, in the biggest sport in the world. Soccer, we okay. It's not. Okay. We get it, dude. Nonetheless. So, like, hearing his thoughts on things, I feel like that is journalism. Uh, people do documentaries on people all the time. Are they journalists? I don't know. So, unless I'm going to be an opinion pundit journalist and fight... People have questioned my journalism because when Aaron won against his vaccination, did his research and stated how he feels as a Mount Rushmore quarterback in the history of NFL, giving his thoughts so we can learn about who he is as a person in our world and in our game. People attacked me for not pushing back because, of course, I fucking know, right? Because I read all the vaccination books and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm the right one to tell Aaron Rodgers, who had a 500-page research thing <laughs> done. I'm the one to push back because that's what journalism is. Obviously, that's what journalism is. Now, I have had teachers of many journalism schools and professors tell me, like, journalism is getting stories from people and getting information and learning about people. There's many different ways to do it. What you were doing and providing is also a form of journalism. I'm like, thank you. Can you tell (laughs) all these other people that this is? And I'm not trying to be a journalist. But I do believe there is some sort of journalism being done whenever you're learning about one of the greatest of all time to do something. Neither here nor there. I wasn't doing the same thing as everybody else because I'm not as smart as everybody else. So I've been attacked. So Kalen saying that, putting that out there, was like a bird call basically to, you know, dunk on Aaron, dunk on me. But everything she said, very valid. I should have read the article before talking to Aaron. I should have known who all spoke in there. So I think we should read it right now, live on air. And we will read through the whole thing. I I do not have a subscription. When I got named their Sports Media Person of the Year by Richard (laughs) Deitch, I felt incredibly honored. Couldn't read the article. Had had for somebody to send it over to me. Should become a uh, subscriber because I have a lot of respect for everybody does over there. But with, like, Twitter and other things, just providing everything, it's tough to be a a premium content service Mm -hmm. and, you know, Mm-hmm. I'm not your demo. I'm not your demo. Mm-hmm. But I will become a subscriber because how nice Richard Deitch was and how nice the athletic people have been to me. Nonetheless, should have read this article. Let's do it live. Let's go. And yeah. then let's kind of go through it all as we – AJ, is that cool with you? Yeah, it sounds great. Let's do it. Signal meetings and Aaron Rodgers' little death stare. What it's like for Packers rookie receivers by Kalen Kaler. Here we go. Couple good photos of him there, obviously setting the page. This is a happy, good story, trying to make him look good. Obviously, uh, <laughs> his best photo of all time. Uh, let's go through here. Christian Watson almost ruined this story. Okay, so this story was already written. Christian Watson almost ruined this. After week nine, when Green Bay lost at Detroit after putting up only nine points, a question began to take shape. Why is it so hard to be a rookie wide receiver in an Aaron Rodgers offense? Watson and fellow rookie Romeo Dobbs, second and fourth round picks respectively, had struggled to make consistent gains, and seventh rounder Samori Torre was barely involved. Rookie receivers have never produced much during Rodgers' time in Green Bay, but there's never been a consensus as to... Why? It's a real chicken or egg dilemma. Have rookies struggled because the Packers have rarely devoted the draft capital to selecting the kind of receiver who is ready to play right away, or because Rodgers' personal standards are too high for any first-year player? Too high, these standards. NFL. 
<laughs> Too high, NFL. From 2008 to 2021, Rodgers is era as the starter in Green Bay. The Packers drafted six receivers in the first rounds. Jordy Nelson, second round, 2008. Randall Cobb, second round, 2011. Devontae Adams, second round, 2014. Ty Montgomery, third round, 2015. He ended up being a running back, I think. Mm-hmm. Jamal yep. Moore, fourth round, 2018. And Amari Rodgers, third round, 2021. Those receivers finished their rookie years averaging 26.7 targets, 19.5 receptions, 230 half receiving yards, and 1.3 touchdown receptions. These are good stats. Yeah, yeah, very. A lot of information there. In the same time span, the 31 other teams in the NFL drafted 219 wide receivers in the first four rounds who averaged nearly double the targets as Green Bay's rookies in their first season, as well as 30.1 receptions, 400 receiving yards, and two and a half touchdowns, 1.2 touchdowns more. Mm. It's a lot. Okay. 16, 17, 16 games, 1.2 touchdowns more. How many snaps? That is a lot. Then, in Week 10, Watson broke out with four catches for 170 yards and three touchdowns and an overtime win against Dallas. Against Tennessee, Philadelphia, and Chicago, Watson hauled in in a combined 11 receptions on 19 targets, scoring eight touchdowns, two of them being rushing, in four weeks, which tied him with Randy Moss for the most for a rookie receiver in a four-game span. What are you hearing here, AJ? Anything yet? No, not not much, really. All right, but in all likelihood, Watson's emergence came too late to save the Packers' season. Whoa, 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 still alive. Not dead yet. Not dead yet. Still in it. And when the chicken or egg puzzle was posed to Cobb, a 12-year veteran on a quiet Wednesday afternoon in Green Bay, his answer proved that Watson hadn't totally shredded the story. This story. At least (laughs) not to the degree he's been shredding NFL defenses of late. During Aaron's career... There's always been a constant couple of guys already here whenever they draft somebody, Cobb told The Athletic, which makes sense there's veteran wide receivers. This is the first time in the course of Aaron's career that rookies have been thrust into a position where they have to play right away and play meaningful snaps. Go deeper! This year, Rodgers has had to rely on rookies more than any other time in his career. From 2008 to 2021, Green Bay rookie receivers average a target on 13.4% of their routes. Currently, Dobbs and Watson average a target on 21.2% of their routes. Dobbs missed like five games, I think. Mm -hmm. Watson averages 32.1 snaps per game, and Dobbs averages 43.8, though he's missed the last four games with a high ankle sprain. I have not read. This is my first reading. Yes. This is my first reading. I'm, What's that, Connor? What's wrong? Well, also, like, the percentage of targets that rookies are, you know, had for from 2008 to 2021, were two rookies on the field during those times? Or is this no, actually, kind of Randall a, Cobb just said that. Not normal. Yeah. Okay, so this is kind of a rare situation where two rookies have to play at the same time on the field at the same time for Green Well, Bay. football in 2008 and 2021, a little bit different. Uh, and then this, also yeah. with the stats, uh how many of those other receivers who are rookies? There's more. Sure. Exactly. Okay. There's more. Uh-huh. Please. Sorry. Excuse me. Cobb averaged 6.7 <laughs> <laughs> snaps per game his rookie season in 2011 when Rodgers was in his fourth year as the starter and, according to Cobb, just as detailed and intricate as he is today. And that's why I didn't play much, Cobb said. I wasn't thrust into a position where I had to play 25-plus snaps. I was able to sit back and learn and watch and see the detail of what this offense does and what is expected of a receiver. That's one thing that Green Bay has always prided themselves on, drafting guys and being, being able to develop them and not having to thrust guys into situations immediately in their career. It happened with Aaron. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers, who's being talked about here, mm-hmm. sat for three years. But when Green Bay traded Adams to Las Vegas in March, that tradition ended. You're expecting someone to fill that void, Cobb said. The rookies were in over their heads for at least the first half of the season as games slipped away and losses and injuries mounted. 
Injuries mounted. Watson missed the first two weeks of training camp while recovering from minor knee surgery and then missed three full games with a hamstring injury and a concussion. According to veteran receiver Sammy Watkins, there are two offenses in one at play in Green Bay. Matt LaFleur's scheme and all the tiny details Rodgers wants to uh, execute it to perfection, whether it is angle, yardage, eye, head, or tempo. Watkins, who signed with the Packers in April, said he finds himself confused sometimes despite eight-plus years of NFL experience. Okay. Now, Matt Ryan has played for how long? 14 Yeah, years? 14, 16. 14 years. I think for like the first yeah, uh, eight games of the season – him and the offensive line were not speaking anywhere near the same language. They have no clue what they were speaking. Yeah. Was still but Matt Ryan, smart quarterback, been around a long time, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So his years in the NFL should definitely translate to him being able to understand the offense a little better. And we were all very confused that he wasn't able to pick it up as quickly. But it turns out sometimes speaking a different language might be a little difficult. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you could say. Tell me what you're going to say. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Russ Audibles Wilson and Broncos. From Seattle this that, year in Denver. Stafford last year had trouble learning. With the Rams at the beginning. Yeah. Uh-huh. AJ. But Sammy. Yeah. Sammy Watkins, paragraph right there. That tell like, if you're not up to date 100 percent of the time, you pretty much can't go out there and make plays. You can't play fast because you're worried about all of that, and you're not worrying about everything else. That's every position, though. Absolutely. But if you're just trying to do the right thing, you're not focused on getting open. You're not focusing on releases. Okay, so this is the NFL. Remember, less thinky, <laughs> more more athlete take over. Nick Sirianni, potential coach of the year this year, actually said that in his opening press conference first time he became head coach. So I, I think Watkins has a point here. These are all definitely facts, but I don't think they're an anomaly just to Green Bay. I, I don't think. Speaking after his first practice back from his ankle sprain in week 13, Dobbs said he still wasn't sure if he'd earned Rodgers' trust. I don't know, he said. I know with this being my first year here, playing for a Hall of Fame quarterback obviously has been the biggest learning curve for me. And it's not just for myself. It's for Christian, for Samori. And so it's been a really tough trip transition i think on the manning cast i think there was like one time peyton's and peyton i guess pretty good quarterback mm-hmm. i think somebody dropped the ball and he's like they're not going to get a lot of balls you do that right mm-hmm. so like i think this is something that ha- i don't know reggie wayne i had him on the pod i met a man pod he talked about how it took a, a couple years for him to earn peyton's trust had to do walkthroughs and shit after practice you know obviously had marvel on the other side reggie so. wayne reggie wayne hall he's of a hall of fame nominee hall of fame, right. so. out of miami it's a big Transition, obviously, a huge learning curve. Like AJ said, this is oh, so, th- so that happened in it. That was with Peyton, though. That was in Indy. Yeah, I saw that. Tom Brady all the time in New England. If there was a rookie wide receiver, rookie tight end, uh, I can remember one specifically. You know, first pass, first, you know, one of five off his hands interception. I believe he was waived or released two weeks from that. So that was in New England. That's with Tom Brady. Tom Brady is okay. Chad Ochocinco went to New England. Couldn't pick it up. One of the best receivers of all time. We know seven had no problem. So that's in New England, though. New England, okay, so that's still in New England. So it happens in New England. Tom Brady, pretty good quarterback. Peyton Manning, pretty good quarterback. Seven had no problem telling rookie wide receivers, hey, you fucking stink off. Ben Rother, he's pretty good Pretty (laughs) good quarterback. Happens with him. Eric Decker actually joined New England instead of playing. He just decided, I'm going to retire because of how complicated it was. So that's happening. So I guess in a couple of different facilities, this is what they're. You know, usually, especially when you talk about the, they're they're you know in the upper echelon for a reason because they in the NFL, do, yeah, or they just... do. I mean, in the NFL, but then when you talk about you know Mount Rushmore type quarterbacks, like they're not doing everything that. But these are all does. factual statements, though. Mm-hmm. These are all, so the, nothing that Kalen has said is not factual right now. So no. I should have read this beforehand, but let's let's continue. Saturdays are typically the easiest day of the, NFL, uh, of the NFL week. Players come in, watch film from practice, and then go through a light walkthrough. There's no real physical exertion required. But for Packers rookie offensive skill players, Saturdays are the most mentally exhausting day of the week. 
So the walkthroughs the day before games, that's a big, like, what are we going to go with? What are we not going to go with, right? And, Darius, you can only speak on the defensive side of the ball. You have to think on Saturdays sometimes? Um, <laughs> actually, for us, I'll speak for us. Uh, it was like a mock, mock game situation. So you yeah. just go out, do some drives, you know, hey, these are the calls we're going to come out with. It was pretty, pretty scripted. Offense is different, though, because throughout every week as a defense, <laughs> I don't know if this is legal or not, but we get the signals Whoa. from the other team. So we watch film, you watch TV copy, you hear cold You learn the way you're saying it happened in New England, right? No, anywhere. We, no. we, 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 we Signals? They're learning signals. The defense has to You're going to learn them all, but there's certain certain signals where you say, "Okay, this is what they do. This is what they do." So you try to pick certain things up, and then um, you know you're going to take that out. But well, let's get right to it then. The yeah. signals meetings uh, was by far the worst thing. Said former Packers receiver Chris Blair. Who? That's what I saw. This Chris time. Blair, former <laughs> Packers receiver. He did put his name on it though, so this is not an anonymous source. Although it is an anonymous human. For in the NFL right. conversation. Yeah, I, I no had, offense, Chris Blair. No offense. No, none whatsoever. I'm a big-time Packers fan. And, again, I'm not one of those guys who's looking at the full, you know, 140 guys that are coming to, to training camp. But I had never heard of Chris Blair before. Okay, so Chris Blair, who spent the 2021 season as a rookie on the Green Bay's practice squad, okay? Practice squad is somebody that is on the team, on the practice team, can get signed from any other team any moment. Any moment can literally get picked up off of that roster and then get guaranteed, I think, four active uh, weeks with the new team. So, for instance, you're playing a team this weekend. Uh, they can pick up somebody off your practice squad, put them on your team. They're playing against your team, maybe. They're also talking about said team to the new team that you're playing. Right. Pretty standard operating procedure here, right, A.J. Hawk? Yeah, pretty standard. Okay, so Chris Blair, who spent the 2021 season as a rookie – on Green Bay's practice squad, had in his Twitter bio, Green Bay Packer. Mm -hmm. I used yeah, to right. hate those signal meetings, he said. Rodgers uses hand signals at the line of scrimmage to change a route or a concept. You're probably familiar with a few of his most common ones. The helmet tap, the one where he holds his left arm behind his back with his thumb pointed down. Another where he raises an index finger and quickly rotate it, uh, rotates it. And another that looks like the Hawaiian hang loose sign. That's a shaka. Shaka. Okay, that's... Yeah. Hawaiian hang loose sign. That one's sick. Yeah, anytime he starts throwing Shaka out there, yeah. you know, he's meaning like, do something cool, yeah. bro. Ooh, you know so what I mean? Stop yeah. goodbye. Do something you yeah. cool, bro. Aloha, bro. And then this one also, he throws this one out there all the time. <laughs> yep. uh, What's this one all about? Love you. On Saturdays, rookie receivers, running backs, and tight ends get quizzed on them. You don't want to get called on because you got to do it in front of the whole team. Said former Packers receiver, equanimity. Equinemius. Equinemius St. Brown. Know his name. Know he's a player mm -hmm. who now plays for the Bears. It's probably the most nerve-wracking for a young player because we don't get taught them, said former Green Bay running back Kylan Hill, who was drafted in 2021 and released in November. Drafted. In, anytime they just say who was drafted, we're leaving out the round. I don't know when Kylan Hill. He was like a sixth or seventh round pick. Kylan Hill was drafted in the seventh round in 2021 and released in her. You have to learn them on the fly, says Kylan Hill. <laughs> Hill. That's definitely something wide receivers don't look forward to is the signal meeting because we have so many, said backup quarterback Jordan Love. You don't want any of that stuff getting out, so we wait until the season starts to start going through signals. Aaron alluded to this yesterday where you're not just going to give people who are probably going to get cut from your team your signals. People that are on your practice squad, 
you're probably not going to give no. your signals because if you give them your signals, guess what? They're where those are headed right to another team. And everybody uses similar signals, but they change week to week. Am I wrong in anything that I'm saying here, AJ? If something gets caught on TV. You also have moles, too. In your building. So this is like, yeah, yeah, this is like top, like, top flight security in the world, Craig. Like, this is G14 classified type yeah. shit. Aaron did this, you know G14. what I mean? Bilderberg. G14. Yeah. Aaron did this on, um, on Monday night or whatever. Yep. And that was clearly he was supposed to turn yep. and yep. catch that and go. And make this, a parlay hit. This, and, and make Darius's. Yeah. This is probably going to mean something vastly different this upcoming week. Right. This, this is probably going to mean yeah. four different oh. things through a season. It's not going to mean quick That's screen, right. right. As somebody who was lucky enough to maybe have a couple beers in the same room as signals were being created for Peyton Manning and the boys, like one signal can have one meaning forever. But if one signal gets outed by TV or as soon as they do it in a game and the other team's like, fade, 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 or whatever, the classic this, it'll get changed for the next week. Because if you do recall, Cam Newton, Clay Matthews, yes. yep. <laughs> signal, cadence, whatever it is, and Clay goes, Bob, wheel, 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 wheel. Yeah. And Cam goes, oh, you, did, you studied, huh? Been watching film. Oh, that's good. Watch this. And boom, it was a fucking ISO right yeah. back the other way for a tutter, whatever the case is. So signals are something that are a part of sports and certainly a part of the NFL. And they're very vital and important and also secretive. Because you don't need everybody on earth knowing. He just said we're going through the signals. That's the signals that they have figured out, found yeah. out, either through TV copy, yeah. moles potentially in the building, which are people on practice squads or not on the actual team. So there's a reasoning for all these things. And, you, and then even during the game, you can go out like first quarter, you say, all right, they did it. It was, you know, it was yeah. what we thought it was going to be. So next time, you know, that's the next time. Trust I your jump. study. Yeah, trust it. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, they do that in baseball they, too, right? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like trust the film, trust the film. Yep. That's what uh, Harper Told old buddy that hit the home run exactly. after him. Yeah, because they had to tell on yeah where he was tipping his pitches. Right, and they're like, hey, trust the trust the intel, trust mm-hmm. the intel. That's a big thing that happens yeah. in football when everybody's trying to outwit the next person in a massive game of chess. Once again, everything Kalen is writing here is true, and I was 100 percent wrong. Kylan Hill was quoted in this. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. That is that is Chris Blair. Chris Pine. Chris Blair. Wait, wait. Was that the was that the bit the issue that you said anonymous sources? I didn't. I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't hear you say anonymous sources yesterday. Well, I said anonymous sources. I believe because I I had I didn't read the whole. But I that's the big issue. Is that the big issue here? That was her quote tweet. That was her big issue okay. with it. And then that okay. that was an alley oop for a lot of people. For sorry, I'll let you finish. No, no. Please, anytime you this would like to pipe in, I would. Very interesting. Yeah. All I have to say is, this is all she had to say after he, he, now she has in her Twitter bio right now, exaggerated nothingness, which <laughs> I tweeted her and said, I did not expect that to be a description mm-hmm. of somebody's work. And I, Caitlin put in a lot of work here, right? She reached oh, yeah. out to a lot of people. Yeah. I respect her journalism. I respect her writing. I respect what she does. I respect media for the NFL. But whenever she did this, it was like, I said, I believe, I think I kind of... I kind of alluded to me not reading the article, but we had we had the opportunity to address it with the person that the article was written about. I feel like that's a good thing to do. Journalism, okay. yeah. is it? I think so. Also, you're not disrespecting on the players who haven't made a team who were drafted late because you weren't a first round pick either. It's not like yeah, I was seven pick two twenty two. Yeah, so and I had two. So signals. you should have. So right. what we should have said. Uh, so what we should have just said, well, hey, there's what about these guys that were on record saying this? So Cobb was on record. A lot of people are tweeting me. Cobb was quoted in there. Well, Cobb just talked about football in the NFL. Yes. Yeah. He did. How I had to earn trust in right. I feel like that's what 
All this is football and NFL basically. Yeah, but like Chris Blair saying something about like being nervous and that whole thing. Yeah, well, that's normal. That's why no, it's completely shit. normal. Yeah, and that's probably part of the reason, probably not the only reason, but that's a big reason players don't make it. Like it, everybody's athletic, everybody's fast, everybody's yeah, quick, but that's, this is the fucking hard part. Defense does that too, D-Butt. Didn't they yeah. call you guys up and have to do your hand signals and everything and the coach would read them off and you got to do them in real time and if people kill you, if you miss any of them, the whole room goes crazy? Absolutely. And Saturday's actually yeah. Saturday nights. Now that I think about it, we went over our signals and, and our yeah. signals didn't change much. But we still we would tweak things here and there. Um, so, yeah, this is, I mean, this is. And here's, from, here's more from Chris Blair. Chris had a lot to say. Blair. This is about a four-time MVP, okay? Mount Rushmore football player. Mm-hmm. Chris Blair on the record saying, what's so crazy is all coaches don't even know all of them. It's really a thing that you really have to learn from watching Rodgers in practice or asking one of the vets, Blair said, that when watching film in Green Bay, coaches would sometimes think a receiver ran the wrong route, but we would be able to show them, like, no, Aaron showed us the signal. The signals are not written down anywhere. They are not searchable on team-issued iPads, and there's no handy film cut-up to watch them all in one go. Team-issued iPads, I assume they could put them in just some people's iPads, and I guess that would be a lot of time to take to be like, hey, this guy's now active. He's allowed to get it on his iPad while the video people are trying to do third and long cut-ups, first down cut-ups, second down cut-ups, fourth down cut-ups, uh, situational cut-ups. Also add in there, this guy's now allowed to get all the signals for this week and they might change next week. I, he said it's all bullshit that they're not written down somewhere. I assume they're somewhere, but also you would not want to just leave these laying around. No. Like this is not something that you would just want to leave laying around. I don't think this is out of the ordinary. Chris Blair, I don't think he ever played in the NFL. Definitely not for the So he, he's no. referencing college football, which is a vastly different sport compared to the NFL. And once again, Kaylin is talking to people that played some downs in the NFL and practiced in the NFL. So she did nothing wrong here. Everything she's saying is true. But I think what we're trying to say is the tone of the article is as if Aaron is doing something that literally nobody else does. That is not the case at all. And I think there should be a little bit more respect shown, even if the guy is an independent thinker, even if you disagree with some of his opinions as a human, I don't think we should just always be trying to paint this guy out. And we're friends with him, and he comes on the show, and a lot of people tweet him, won't you ask more questions, he won't come on the show. It's like, well, hard question. I feel like we cover everything. We cover everything. Yeah. And just because we're, like, friends with the guy yeah. – just like that's we the would, problem. That's the problem. You can't be a journalist and be friends with them. You're too close. Like that's what their their whole. Yeah, but they're school. friends with everybody. They talk like. Yeah, I know, man. It's a, you that's know sometimes it can be hypocritical. That's not the problem, AJ. What's problem, the problem, problem is that he didn't get vaccinated. That's a, that is part of it. Well, certainly a lot of people started painting their views on him because of that. And to those people that are just assuming that he's some uh, right wing lunatic, I think you should continue to look in. Yeah. To his, you might have a lot more in common with him all you mm-hmm. people that are just hating him for his anti-vax stand, then you could imagine he's openly talking about uh, plants and drugs. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that is, I don't know the party affiliations well enough, but I think he's probably a pretty, a person that you would share some sort. So I think this open vitriol for a guy who is one of the greatest to ever play in the biggest league of all time, respected by literally, except for Chris Blair, I guess, mm-hmm. and Kylan Hill, of mm-hmm. course, mm-hmm. Of course, Kylan Hill. I mean, Greg. I respect him so much in, as a human and everything like that. And Chris Blair, that fucking guy, he knows the NFL a lot more than Aaron Rodgers does or anything. 
So, Kaylin, all we're saying is we read the headlines, we read the quotes before we read the article. I'm probably not going to finish the rest of this article. We will assume you always do great work. You've been in sports for a long time. But I think it was the tone in which it was being chatted about that we asked Aaron about, as opposed to the actual quotes from people we've never heard of before, talking about one of the greatest of all time. So, like, that's where we're at. I have nothing but respect for Kaylin. She wrote exact the truth and everything like that. But we just think the tone of it was as if he was doing something abnormal to try to continue to make him look bad by people who might not necessarily know. And that's that's why it happened. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's interesting to think about, like, reading through all of it. I guess Jordan Love is quoted in the next paragraph. I don't know if you read that or not, saying what is, they're passed down in the oral tradition. Like, I don't know how that works or what that is. Well, I wonder who – yeah, how many are there – how often do you do it? Well, it says and they're not taught, but they also said that every it's Saturday it's, it's taught. It's nerve-wracking. They are taught. They are taught. They are, I mean, it's, taught. yes, they're definitely taught. Did he say it's, Jordan it happens in, too? He said it happens in practice, and it's a nerve-wracking event when we're going through it. you got to take but some initiative taught. as a player and go f- seek it out and talk to the vet. Like, this is something that I think happens in a lot of teams, but you got to if you show up and you're like, hey, man, like these signals, i gotta, I got to learn this. That's something you're probably scrambling from day one. I need to talk to everybody, Randall Cobb, whoever, even Bug A-Rod, and ask him, like, hey, I want to make sure I do right by you. Yeah, this isn't Little League football, okay? Not everybody just gets, hey, here is an equal opportunity, an equal treatment as everybody. This is professional football, okay? You're expected to know something. It's your job to know something. And it, he holds them to unrealistic expectations. This is the fucking NFL. This is, this is yes. the best. Not everybody can make it in the NFL. Unrealistic expectations are the NFL. There's a lot of shit football out there. There's a lot of places that maybe don't have unrealistic expectations. But there's a reason teams are good, and there's a reason teams are bad, and there's a reason why there's turnover on the teams that are bad, because the unrealistic expectations are the standard, and that's just kind of how it is. So that's where we are coming from. So thank you to every journalist that buried me last night for being dumb and for everybody else that, you know, said that we are not upholding our duty of <laughs> journalists and talking to Aaron and everything like that, the attacks that I got from this whole thing. Like, I feel like we addressed it yesterday in what he was talking about, the nothing burger with some thoughts on the side mm-hmm. and the exaggerated nothingness. In my eyes, as somebody that's been in a building and we get a chance to chat with a lot of other people in the building, I guess, accurate descriptor. But if it wasn't an accurate descriptor, we would certainly say it, and that's why we're journalists. Yeah, I mean, I, I did read the whole thing, and I, and I don't think it's like uh, necessarily like a, a bad article. Like, I think it's pretty well written, actually. Like, me and Bruce were talking that about, like, in terms of, like, you know, you read the Seth Wickersham thing about Andrew Luck. Like, it's much more palatable to understand what she's saying. But the thing that, that I just, like, because you're right, the tone is that the Packers haven't been any good this year because – Rodgers demands too much of these rookie receivers, and it's too complex. And I just don't – like, I understand that Cobb and Romeo Dobbs were interviewed for that, but, like – They missed a bunch of games. You think – by the way, they're not giving – if Watson's not playing or Dobbs is not playing, they're not, they're not seeking them out to give them the signals for that, that week. No. You know what I mean? Like, that's not something that's happening. Now – Like, should coaches be at, talked about at all in this? Like, should we say, hey, if there, if there really is an issue, wouldn't the floor step in? Okay, everyone needs to know the signals. Well, well I assume he does. But, right? but, like, to your point, the thing that drove me nuts is, like, it, it's, it's kind of leading when, like, you're interviewing all these guys who aren't on the team anymore who maybe couldn't, like, one of the reasons they got cut or aren't there anymore is b- because they couldn't retain these – like, like you mentioned, like, this isn't college football. 
This isn't high school football. This is the fucking NFL. And you have a guy who's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Like, yeah, he's probably going to be a little bit more demanding than a guy who has played quarterback in the NFL for two or three years. Yeah. Like, that's the way it goes. Games. You can say I'm an asshole. But you ain't never win nothing. Mm-hmm. Michael Jordan actually <laughs> exactly. said Michael Jordan, he was like, you can call me an asshole, okay, because what, I demanded my teammates to run harder and faster and everything like that. But you've never won anything. And I think what Jordan was saying, like, okay, I'm an asshole. You do without being demanding yes. and having expectations. You figure out how to accomplish everything that we accomplish without having some sort of standard that some people – aren't going to be able to handle yeah. just because a natural ego is taking place and everything. And there are, it's, I mean, it's a hundred ways, thousand ways to skin a cat. So it's different ways to do it. I'm, is there? I'm, I never understood that. I don't know. Have you done that before? <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't, Bill! Well, Who it, skins cats? Yeah. Bill? In how many different ways is there? And when did that happen? I, but uh, I don't know where the saying of. came from, but gotcha. there is a lot of different ways to do things. Obviously, everybody doesn't do it like A-Rod, but to Ty's point, like it's a, it's a complicated offense. Uh, for a good reason. Some offense you get in, and you heard, I think A-Rod, when he talked about it uh, a few weeks ago about the run game, how it's just so dumbed down. Like some quarterback, some players in general, you hate that, and that happens even as a defense. If we got a young safety or corner or linebacker that's got to call the plays now, that's going to be completely different than a seven, eight-year vet in the middle of defense calling plays. So you have to dumb down your signals, your game plan, your calls. So it's it's almost pulling everybody back instead of you know forcing everybody to play to that standard. So, I mean... Didn't he also say multiple times that they were trying to do that? Simplify the offense. We have yeah. to simplify yeah. the offense. Seems like they did. They started performing a little bit. So yeah. you got to go with the flow as the season goes. Yeah, but Christian. Uh, he almost ruined it. He did. I don't think he was looking at it. Was he looking at him or he does not oh. know the city? Oh, it's like side judge? It's like side judge? Yeah. With Terry McClure? Yeah, could be. Could be. I thought maybe he didn't even look. All right, let's get to a break. We have uh, Adam Thielen on the other side. Can't wait to chat with him. But we would like to let Kaylin know. Should ask him about signals. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Mm-hmm. With Kevin O'Connell coming in here, new year too. Yeah, new signals. That's like Tampa Bay. Tom Brady goes down there. They have to do hit. That was a whole conversation. What's funny about Tom, he's had the same signal for a route for 20 years. Really? Still got it. Literally. Low red corner. Area. Corner sitting in there. All right, I know what's coming. Here we go. Fuck again. Same they did it shit. again. Or like Peyton. You think like when guys are coming in, they're like, all right, you know, uh, we're going to, like, Peyton, you're going to have to, you know, kind of, co- it's like, no, 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 it's fucking sink or swim, okay? This is your job. Yeah, I've job. been here for a long time. Like, I'm not changing anything, okay? So either you get it or you're going to be the fuck out of here. That's the way it goes. Hey, you're getting paid. Did you get a check this you're week? pro. Yeah. You got a check this week? You're pro. Oh, that's cool, yeah. So, like, my dad, he would have to go to, like, buildings, and he would have to move all the shit out of it, put it in the back of an 18-wheeler, Hop in the truck, drive across the country, unload it into the thing. Then he would get a check. That was his job. Your job, you get to do this. You you have to fucking know what we're going to do when we're playing football on Sundays. And it might have a couple of different things. It might be a little tasking. You might have to study a couple of times. But these people who are not in the fucking NFL saying, this guy's running a fucking... (laughs) Terrible ship over here. It's like that's the this is the this is the NFL, dude. What are we even talking about? Once again, Kalen, not we have nothing bad to say against Kalen. And she's right. I should have read the whole story. But the tone in which she was trying to set, I just don't think is the same way. And if I would have read it beforehand, I would have probably chimed in with the exaggerated nothingness. So I'm happy that I didn't, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I'm happy I didn't do that. 
because I do have appreciation for her service to football and her service to the sports media, just like we do everybody else. Is a man who is a incredible entrepreneur. That's right. Mm-hmm. An incredible American dream story. Yeah, for sure. Had to pay for the opportunity to work out to potentially one day work out for the people that he's supposed to work out for to get into the NFL in his home state of Minnesota. He makes it to the Vikings, makes the Pro Bowl, becomes a mainstay. Now he's a superstar. I believe he had for the brand on his cleats this past weekend as the Minnesota Vikings took on the Indianapolis Colts and played about a quarter and a half of good football. Enough good football to... Mount the largest comeback in the history of the fucking NFL. Mm. Down 33 zip at halftime. Mm-hmm. This man, friend of the program, incredible golfer, Pro Bowl wide receiver, Adam Thielen. Adam! What's up, guys? Adam? Yes, sir. Do you have anything to say to me or any other Colts fans? <laughs> what happened? No! Oh, no. Thielen! <laughs> Tell us. Did you see my video? I was wearing, yes, I did. It was unbelievable. But I was wearing the cleats, and I'm thinking, man, like, I'm going to wear these cleats, and we're going to get rocked 33 to nothing. Uh, that, that's not good. But uh, thankfully, we, we came back and, uh, oh, yeah. and got it done somehow. Yeah, yeah, somehow. Yeah, seems, seems like never been done before. No, that's right. Who never. knows? They'll never be touched again, I don't think. Probably no not. Chance. With the way the NFL is, it feels like two-score leads are not safe anymore. Mm-mm. Even 17 points, not really safe Attainable. anymore. That happens on a regular basis. 33 points, no matter what chapter football is in. Game's over. So Pat Peterson gave you guys a motivational speech and said, all we need is five touchdowns, baby. Hmm. That's all I've seen you guys do that all the time. All we need is five. Was there something in the locker room that Kevin O'Connell said, Kirk Cousins said, maybe you said? Was there any adjustments? What was the flip of the switch in the second half after getting, you know, shut out in the first half? And now it's a historic memory that will probably be in the Hall of Fame forever. And thank you for wearing my cleats. Or thank you for wearing for the player nine cleats. We're doing it to the team that I'm uh no honestly i think everybody kind of had the same message like screw what the score is you know screw what the outcome of this game is gonna be let's just go out there and like show them who we really are like that that's not us out there obviously uh so let's go show them who we we really are let's get some momentum going to the next game again no matter what actually happens and then you know pat p with the with the hey guys just need five touchdowns all you need the best part about that was every single time we scored we came to sideline he would he would reiterate where we were at. So guys, four more touchdowns. That's all you got. All right, guys, three more touchdowns. That's all you got. You know, and then two more touchdowns. That's all you got. And and once we kind of got to that point, it, it felt more real. And uh, and uh, we felt like uh, there was a real chance once we got some momentum. You scored a touchdown to obviously make it thirty six twenty eight. And uh, that was when I started getting the text messages. Mm-hmm. In the booth. It was immediately after your touchdown. Because I told the boys, I say, I think Thielen's wearing for the brand. Let's keep an eye out for it. And then the next text I got was, uh, we've kept an eye on Thielen. He actually just scored to make it 36-28. Just a heads up. I'm like, oh, what happened out of nowhere? Congrats on the win. I'm obviously happy for you and all of our friends over there. But once again, this is a story that's going to be told probably forever. AJ, your question for Thielen. Yeah, Theo, did anything change from the first to the second half, like schematically, anything that they did or you guys did, or did you guys just play much better? You know, I think it was like getting back to that, you know, uh, this sounds like coach speak, but like getting back to that like complimentary football, right? Defense gets a stop three and out. We get a punt return that, you know, sets us up with a good field position. And then for us to have a short field, you know, have a couple of explosive plays to just go down there and score. 
Um, and then once you get that momentum on your side and you start kind of playing again oh, that comedy football, exist. especially in our building with that place going nuts. I mean, could you feel uh, it? Could you feel the, it gaining steam? Like, could you feel everyone starting like as you scored every time? Did you feel like the momentum? Here we go! Like more and more people are getting into it. Yeah, it's it's unbelievable. Um, you know, we always talk about it each week. There we go. We, that's, we, we heard a lot of that. Probably the loudest. That's pretty unbelievable. But but yeah, I mean, honestly, it was pretty crazy. As as we you know got that momentum, it just was crazy. The intensity in that building. Um, you could tell that like every every play after we kind of we scored maybe the first touchdown, maybe going to score the second touchdown. Um, you could feel the intensity was like, hey, every play is like Super Bowl for us, and it's it's that intense in this building, um, which was actually a really cool feeling. And again, like probably the loudest I've ever heard that building when when probably I would say maybe five percent of that building actually had left at halftime and couldn't get back in the building. So for it Good to be that loud with uh, not at full after everyone leaving uh, was was interesting. Incredible stadium, incredible fan base. What a moment for all of you. I. I was told momentum wasn't. Yeah, a, oh, was we had a full conversation about momentum last week, and then literally this weekend with the we were talking to Lou Anarumo about it, and then what the Bengals defense did in the second half against Tom Brady <laughs> to kind of turn that whole thing around. What you guys were able to do, I guess, because there's no science behind it, people just refuse to believe that momentum's a thing. What do you What do you think of momentum, and how would you describe it to somebody that maybe just got dropped on Earth? <laughs> well, first of all, momentum in football is an absolute real thing. No, no, you're no. wrong. No, I was told it doesn't it's exist. Well, no. actually, how much it matters. Um, and again, I think that's why it's so important to have that intensity from the start of a game. You know, sometimes guys want to like feel out the game; they want to kind of get into the game and go. But I think for young guys to realize, like, man, like momentum's a real thing. So, like, if we get behind the eight ball here and they start gaining momentum, like, watch out; it's going to be thirty-three to nothing. Um, so, uh, again, it just makes it more intense in beginning of games to say, hey, like, guys, we can't let this momentum go away from us because it is, it is 100% a real thing, and I, will, and I will argue to my death on that. <laughs> yeah, we, we all will, and I'm happy you stepped away from giving a definition because Ty did it the other day, and it was maybe one of the greatest definitions of momentum of all time. Things just are seemingly going your way that didn't go your way before, and it's a series of events that lead you to believe that it'll continue or something. I forget what it was. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if I could even define it. it you again. pulled it. <laughs> yeah, you pulled it. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Straight out of your ass. It was one of the best. In Lou Anarumo, I think that's what inspired him in that second half. Actually, the Bengals fans so. should be thinking about maybe thanking you. I hope so. It is so real. It's so much fun to kind of watch a team get it, and it's terrible to be on the other side of it. Darius has a question for you, Thielen. You two know each other. <laughs> What's up, Adam? <laughs> hey, What's so up? obviously you've been around for a while, playing a bunch of different offenses, different quarterbacks. Uh, I just want to ask you, your experience as a wide receiver in the NFL, have you dealt a lot with hand signals, having to learn them? And are there different systems, different quarterbacks, that it was more or less of that? And then at what point in your career did you get comfortable when you felt like, hey, you know what, I'm not thinking of him just playing at this point? Yeah, um, I think there is um, – it's, it's really probably a more of a system thing. There probably is some quarterbacks that maybe um, want to use this hand signals more, but I think it's – Every system that I've been in um, has had, like, different purposes for hand signals. Um, and we, we do use a lot of them now because we are a team that likes to get on the ball and use that momentum, you know, get a first first down, get on the ball, and go quick. So we do use hand signals. But um, there's been times in my career where it was, like, quick hand signals maybe just for one receiver so no one else is seeing it. Um, and it's, you know, it's kind of like more of the Rodgers thing where – He's just going to signal out quick to the one receiver and might be a, a quick screen or a quick bubble 
in a run play that he knows he's got safety pressure or something, oh, and he just wants to spit the ball out quick. So there is a little bit of that, but um, but yeah, I think as far as you know, when did I feel comfortable? I mean, I think once you get experience in this league, you start to get more comfortable. I mean, I think you get it's not necessarily experience playing, but experience making plays. Um, you know, experience coming back um, from you know two scores down, and then you say, okay, next time I'm in that situation, we've done this before. I have this experience, so. I think the, the, the more experience you have of actually going out there and doing it, making plays, that's when you really settle in and, and get confidence. And for me, that was probably around year three, year four, um, you know, maybe year year three for me on special teams, just to go out there and just go play free and not have to think about, oh, man, if I make a mistake, uh, I'm going to get cut. Because I know your first couple of years, especially yeah. as an undrafted guy, uh, you're, you're thinking a little bit too much maybe about um, really? trying to be Why'd you do that? That's not normal, <laughs> yeah, what? <laughs> only in Minnesota. Uh, yeah, that must join. Unfortunately, I've seen a lot of guys get cut for making uh, a couple mistakes, but uh, that's in Minnesota. <laughs> yeah, that's in Minnesota. That's not in Green Bay. That's in Minnesota. Right. We've seen it they in Indianapolis. Had, oh, not New England. So New England. It's been seen. Doesn't happen in Green Bay though, huh? Sure. Well, it does. It. <laughs> Does much to your surprise? No idea. There's signals, and there are some younger players that don't necessarily are able to less thinky, more athletey take over when they're younger. <laughs> which never would have guessed in the NFL, but that was something that was written about Aaron Rodgers. This guy's a fucking asshole. Hey, Thielen, did you hear? He makes his receivers learn these uh, hand signals, and uh, he put he, like they. Jordan Love runs it, I guess. Mm-hmm. There's like a meeting where they have to go up and they have to show the hand signals to everybody else on the team. They kind of get put on a stage. So Aaron's like hazing these kids. You know what I mean? Every single week. That's what I heard. Well, I will say this. Um, if if you do know the hand signals, you're probably getting the ball. So maybe figure out the hand signals and you might get more opportunities. No. Oh, you're saying you you're figure wrong. it out. No, oh, you're wrong. Aaron's supposed to... <laughs> Gee, sorry about it. Thielen, stop talking. That's NFC North of Rod. AJ, your question for Thielen. Hey, when you, you mentioned earlier that in that Colts game, in the second half, it felt like every play was the Super Bowl at times. Like, how valuable is that for your team to get a win in that situation? Like, I would imagine that gives you a lot more to lean on than, say, you went out there and you beat them 40 to nothing. Like, you guys had a situation in the second half where you knew every single play mattered. Don't you think you can take that and use that in the playoffs? Yeah, 100%. I think there's been a few of those situations for us this season that we can kind of look to, we can kind of lean on. Um, I think that there was times in that game, in the Colts game, that we were kind of leaning on some of our experiences earlier in the season when we kind of uh, were down two scores late in the fourth quarter against the Bills and come back and win. So I think it, it's it's uh, every time you have those experiences, again, you have something to lean on to say, hey, guys, like, we really aren't out of this. You know, I know that this would be – the uh, NFL's largest comeback in the history of the NFL. I, right. I get that, but hey, let's go out there and, and just put one place, keep stacking plays, let's gain some momentum and, and see what happens. And uh, when you do that, like you said, when you do that, you you definitely can use that moving forward and, and gain some conf- confidence from that. Yeah, but what everybody's saying is you guys can't put four quarters together, can you? What's that? Why is that? Why did the first two? Why do you think the first half happened against the Vikings there? You just kind of overlooked the Colts? Things weren't clicking? What do you think it was? That's one thing about this team is we definitely don't overlook anybody. We know how difficult it is to win in this league. There's a lot of uh, experienced guys in our locker room that understand that that this game is this it, it's it'll test you mentally and physically every single time you're out there. It doesn't matter who your opponent is, but um, I think it's just I don't know. It, it's tough. We haven't figured that out because there's been pretty much every week for us. It's been one quarter or or one side of the ball or 
or kind of a collective effort of just not doing things the way that we normally do it to have success. So uh, we got to keep continue to go to work. But the good thing is, again, we have that kind of resiliency to kind of lean on to say, hey, I don't care what happens in the first quarter or what happens in the second quarter or if we have a negative play or a, or a big a bad turnover or something like that, we can we can come back from that and we, we can lean on that. Those uh, those. Ex- People are saying that that's a weakness for you guys. I feel like that's a strength for you guys. You guys have been able to win games whenever everybody hasn't played their best football yet. And whenever you play into the playoffs, like that's when everybody hopefully is playing their best football. But there's been a lot of conversation about the Vikings. They, they're not going to be able to play with the good teams. They're not going to be able to go down 33 to the good teams when it matters and everything. And people are going to talk shit or whatever. But I think it's a good thing to experience those and to get a win in those games to kind of just move to the next week and have that. I think it's a, you're building the team on, on marble. There's a chance you guys get to the fucking number one. Hey, it's still all out there right now. Jalen Hurts with a sprained shoulder. Yep. The line moved mm-hmm. from the Eagles being favored by one and a half to the Cowboys being favored by four and a half. So a lot of people are thinking Jalen's missing this week. How many weeks will he miss going forward? Although Sirianni said he's different than us. He's going to heal differently than us. You guys have a chance to get the number one seed in the NFC. Hey, number one seed in the NFC is potentially still out there right now with how everything else goes. Could you imagine that stadium? through the? That would be epic. For the Vikings this season, when nobody could have seen this coming coming into the year. Oh no doubt, our our fans are our, our fans are hungry for it. They want as many home games as possible in the playoffs, and so do we. Obviously, we know how important it is to play at home, but uh, we know that we know that this week is huge for us. We know that every week, kind of coming down the stretch here, is going to be huge because if it's not the one seed, it's the two seed. Like we need we need to get the best possible seed possible, um, and everyone's just saying that, obviously, but. But we, we you're really in it matter. though. You guys are in yeah. it though. Eleven and three. You guys are in the meat of it right now. Eleven wins already, dude. Congrats on a fucking yeah. You guys have really been killing Thanks, it. Dude. Tone has a question for you, Thielen. How come? Uh, how come Wink Martindale called KOC Harry Styles? Yeah, what's that all about? Hmm. And do you think he is Harry Styles? It's a compliment. It's a compliment. Well, yeah, I didn't say it was a negative. AJ That's a superstar. He said why? I said why? I think Wink said like if if Kevin O'Connell was around. Uh, Ted Lasso's wife. Yeah. Like, there's a chance. <laughs> I think that's who he was alluding to, right? Yeah, I think so. He called him handsome, to AJ's point. He was calling him handsome? Is that what you took out of that, AJ? Yeah. Hey. How, how about you, Thielen? What do you think he meant by that? I would uh, I would say that, that coach should take that as a compliment, but uh, but don't tell him I said that because I definitely don't want to compliment coach at all. Oh, he's got a little too much? Yeah, you don't. You got to be careful with him. You don't want to get him too high, you know. Former yeah, player, too, quarterback. Yeah, for him, you got to kind of you got to break him down, build him back up, break him down, build him back <laughs> up. You know. Hey, coach, great work down thirty three zip in the first half. Thanks. Yeah. He Good was, play call. He coach. was very. He was fist pumping all over the sideline on Saturday. Oh yeah, he's awesome. What is what is he like day to day? Now, obviously, we've chatted with you about him earlier. We've talked to like Pat Peterson about him. We talked to uh, Kirk Cousins about him. But now, from your standpoint, this deep into it, what have you learned about KOC as a head coach in the NFL? He's not getting anywhere near the amount of hype as other coaches are. This is his first. This is his first year yeah. being a head coach, former wow. player, and you guys are 11-3 and three, sitting in the middle of it, potentially becoming the number one seed in the NFC, seeing how things end up. What are your thoughts on him? And I loved what you just said there. Like, let's not get crazy. That means you have a great relationship with him. Is the whole team like that? And, and what have you seen from him this year? Well, I'll say this. I think, uh, I think, you know, he gets this reputation of, like, this player's coach, like, super friendly, fun guy to be around, all this stuff. But he's a dog. 
And you, you can see that when you start seeing some of these, like, mic'd up things. And oh, yeah. and he's out there. He's competitive as, as anybody on that field. And, um, you know, he's not afraid to, to get after you to um, to make it known that what you're doing isn't good enough and up to up to your standards. So um, it's a great it's a great, um, you know, really, it's a great strength of his that he can just be that kind of um, that player's coach. But also he's got he's got that dog in him like a lot of us in this locker room do. And you need that in this league. You can't be uh, you can't be weak and make it in this league. So uh, definitely thankful for that. And has definitely helped him in his first year just come out here and and you know have a strong start to his his head coaching career those mic'd ups it appears as if you guys love them and every single time i see a new one i'm like oh i like this guy you know what yeah. i mean like i like what he's saying to kirk i like what he's saying in kirk's ears because we know about kirk kirk is super religious dude and everything like that but mm-hmm. also one of the most competitive humans of all time listening to their kind of back and forth between koc and kirk is awesome like hearing that that's i feel like that's how you learn a lot about people through his mic'd ups even though they edit it I like watching them because it's like, how are the teammates reacting to this person? When he says something, how's somebody else? And when I watch KOC, watching how everybody responds to him, it's like, this dude, seemingly great guy to play for. They got something good brewing over there in cold-ass Minnesota. Ty has a question for you. Yeah, Thielen, at this point in your career, I mean, perennial pro bowler, you've played with a lot of really good guys, but... Justin Jefferson, I can't remember what it is specifically, but he's about to break one of Randy Moss's records. Is there anything he does at this point that like surprises you, or is it just like, holy shit, it's un- this guy is unbelievable. I'm so lucky that I get to play on the same field as him. Yeah, I mean, I think it just comes down to his consistency. For you know, a lot of guys can make big plays in this league. A lot of guys can do it for a couple games or maybe for one year, but his ability to be so good and to dominate every single week, week in, week out, every single year that he's been in this league, he's been, you know, top five, top ten in yards, catches, all that. I mean, it's it's truly unbelievable because you know that every week when they're when they're sitting in their Wednesday install meeting, they're saying, What do we need to do to beat the Vikings? Well, number one thing I guarantee every single team is doing is saying, We gotta take away Justin Jefferson. And 180 him, in the first half he'll have. Yeah, it's unbelievable. <laughs> Two hundred and twenty yards. You know, a couple of weeks ago, um, record for most yards in a game. And, it, and it's like that's coming after everybody knows that he's going to get the ball. So his ability to take hits, hold on to the ball, you know, he knows he knows now that, that not there's not going to be any um, of his catches are going to be easy or not contested. So his ability to make those contested catches, hold on to it, his ability to do kind of everything, to run the kind of the entire route tree, to be able to run deep, to be able to take the top off defenses, to be able to run choice routes and do the underneath stuff is really unbelievable. And I think it's gave, um, you know, coach a, a flexibility to kind of move him around and, and to be able to really be able to, you know, not let teams take him away, which, which is tough to do in this league. Does he know hand signals and stuff or no? <laughs> well, we don't, we don't actually have a ton of hand signals, but yes, Justin's a smart kid. So he, he knows his hand signals. And again, young, in this man. league, you want to get the ball, you better know that stuff because that's an opportunity to get the ball. If, if if the quarterback's signaling to you, there's probably a good percentage chance that you're getting the football. So uh, you better know those hand signals. Huh. Oh, that's but, weird. Huh. <laughs> I don't know about anybody in the kitchen cooking bacon. But. Yeah. 
<laughs> Connor has a question for you, Mr. Zealand. Yeah, Adam, obviously you're a little more north than us, and there's a big old storm coming in. Can we trust what we're reading on these weather maps, one? And two, <laughs> are you aware of any different travel plans for the Giants because of how you know Ooh. terrible it is? And do you kind of wish you were playing outdoors to maybe <laughs> have a little more home field advantage? Hey, that ain't home field advantage. <laughs> I do not wish I was playing outdoors. <laughs> I'm, oh. I'm very. That's a loss for everybody. <laughs> yeah. Outdoors in yeah, Minnesota. That's, that's, that's a lose lose for everyone. <laughs> Anybody who says like that's a competitive advantage is they're just making up stuff to make themselves feel better. Uh, because no one likes playing in the cold. It doesn't yeah, matter doesn't if you happen. play every home game there or not. No one likes playing in the cold and the snow, all that. Unless you're, you know, maybe a meathead defensive guy. What? Don't know any of those people on the show, so. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, would choose, I would choose to play in 70 degrees every day if I could, Adam. For sure. Well, we could. We put domes on everything, but we'll move exactly. on. We'll move on. I'm but, no, uh, you know, honestly, it, it is, it is uh, coming down pretty good out there. It's, I believe, when I was driving in, it was like negative seven degrees in my car feels like negative 30 oh, so man. it's a beautiful day here in minnesota just oh, uh it's real. thankfully we're Thomas, practicing it's, it's always cold over there no 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 minnesota we cannot say because it's happening in minnesota it's starting there there's no way we're getting minnesota to yeah. indiana it's coming yeah. this way it's always over there we it's saw always the map. there we it's we always there we saw a map earlier it's coming Thomas. down from minnesota Thielen, they're saying we're getting minnesota everywhere that's basically what they're saying right now cancel christmas Minnesota's coming to the entire northern portion of the United States of America. It's going to drop 40 degrees. It's going to rain and it's going to freeze. Hey, tips. It's like, oh, it's going to be Minnesota. Yeah, what, what do we need to do here? Put chains on the tires? Chains on tires, yeah. Look I will this. say. I Look will at this. say that. It's purple, too. Oh, Fucking Vikings no. just everywhere. Oh, no. <laughs> but I will say, if there is a time to have that weather, it'd be yeah. around Christmas where you can stay inside, hang by the fireplace. You know, That's just nice. enjoy some family time. Maybe a maybe a card game Throw or some two. Chestnuts. Yeah, I mean, it's perfect time for what? it to happen. That's a traveling time. Listen, we're football people, so like we haven't had like Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's for a large portion of our lives. Outside of the football world, we have all been learning slowly with our dealings with either humans or significant others or anything like that. Like. Hey, these things matter. Okay, this is a real thing, <laughs> like traveling and investment and everything. So this whole storm coming, shutting down a lot of people's Christmases right now, and this is coming fresh off of two COVID Christmases almost. Yeah. Yeah. This is a, we're not happy about this. It's supposed to be big. Are you guys ever panicked? Like, are the meteorologists ever there saying it's going to get bad? It's going to get better. Is it like, oh, it's Minnesota? Does that happen? Have you guys seen uh, the movie Four Christmases? Yeah, of course. Classic, great Classic. movie. Watched it two nights ago. Oh, that—that's yep. what you just kind of reminded me of, like. You know, maybe it's a good thing that maybe people can't go to their family Christmases. They can just hang out by themselves and they don't have to do the four Christmases thing, you know? I don't know if you saw Aaron's book recommendation for the Christmas. <laughs> maybe maybe it is good that that is happening. We hope everybody stays safe. Minnesota's coming to town. Mm-hmm. We're not talking about the Vikings. We're just talking about the weather. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would like to talk about this, what you're doing with Caribou Coffee. We got some sent to the office. We can't thank you mm-hmm. enough. So good. Caribou coffee. Yeah, sorry, it's right here. This is some mud. Has been right, right. Right. Mud. This is whole bean, medium roast. Very smooth. Tastes delicious. Wow. I'm not a coffee guy, but everybody in the office has enjoyed Unreal. the hell out of it. Caribou coffee and Adam Thielen also announced they're teaming up to fuel Vikings fans. Ooh. For all remaining 2022 Vikings home games, Caribou Perks members, which is the member rewards, rewards club, yeah, program. get a free small brewed coffee. Thanks to Adam Thielen. This offer will automatically show up in the guest 
Caribou Perks accounts. Wow. Sign up for Caribou Perks today by texting Perks, P-E-R-K-S, to 762-CARIBOU. 762-C-A-R-I-B-O-U. Awesome. See link to full offer details here. We assume that will be down in the, in the comment section. And then there's an asterisk here. Free small brewed coffee reward is valid Saturday, December 17th. Past that. Or... Saturday, December 24th. So this coffee will have to be had this upcoming Saturday on Christmas Eve while you're maybe making some last-minute shopping. Mm -hmm. Uh, If the Minnesota Vikings weather doesn't come to everywhere, you're able to drift out to a Caribou Coffee, get a free one. Uh, Limit one offer per customer per day. Offer is not valid on orders from order.caribucoffee.com or Uber Eats. Reward is available in Minnesota, Wisconsin, South Dakota, North Dakota, Iowa, Caribou Perks members. That's really cool. I appreciate everything you do business-wise. Thielen, you do it the right way, pal. I appreciate that. The, the, I'm a big coffee guy, by the way. So um, Caribou always hooks it up, and uh, you know Minnesota Company, which is huge. I got to be as you're showing. I was a oh, yeah. I was a barista for a day, which I had no idea what was in some of these drinks. But I can see why people really like them. I'm a I'm a I'm a straight black coffee guy. Uh, no cream, yep. no sugar. So, yeah. um, but it was uh, interesting the the orders that were coming through there. But it was fun. How'd you do? You think you did okay? Anybody boo you? Anybody send the drink back? No one sent the drink back, but uh, and I got a lot of um, you know. I mean, again, if you put sugar in there and you put a little bit of uh, whipped oh, cream God. on top, like, can you can you mess that up? Well, I'm oh. looking for just black mud, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but nobody's going. I guess nobody's going in ordering. Some is Caribou Coffee. They are, and we apologize. They're like little lattes, Dad. Like there's yeah. a bunch of retails. So they're it's seemingly yeah, they're mm-hmm. Midwestern. Are they also down in Florida? Mm, I don't see them. New company? Is this a young company? What is airport. what is Caribou Coffee? They actually just had their thirtieth birthday. That's why I was doing oh, that. Nice. So. Oh, happy birthday! Happy birthday! birthday. Now our Minnesota-based company, and now they're starting to go uh, around the U.S. So there will be a Caribou Coffee near you. Okay, we hope so. Oh, yeah. Almost, got them in Almost 500 locations in 19 states and territories. Congratulations oh. to the Caribou folks. Love you, Caribou. Mostly in that upper area. Cold area. Yeah. Keeps you warm. There. Well, mud. lot in Minnesota. Just like the Caribou coffee shops are coming to a town near you, the Minnesota weather is as well. Mm-hmm. So let's hunker down. Let's enjoy some conversation with our immediate families. Stay away from travel. And let's continue to watch the Minnesota Vikings do their thing. We can't thank you enough for joining us, buddy. Stay safe today on that trip home. I heard it's bad out there. Yeah, Coach Coach said that, uh, you know, make sure that we're safe traveling home. He didn't cut practice back or didn't oh. get us out of the building in here earlier, but he not. wants us to make sure that we're safe getting home <laughs> after, after our full days of work. So don't forget that as well. Hey, guys, listen, they're saying there's a massive storm coming this afternoon. Obviously, we want you all to drive incredibly cautiously on the way home and everything like that. Should we move practice up? Can't really because we got no. a full so a meeting full day. Seems like the storm's yeah. coming right at the time we'll be letting you guys out of the building. So take your time. You don't have to be there yesterday. Just go ahead and stay safe on your trip out of there, Coach. We could maybe move it. Nope, can't <laughs> pipe down. Okay, we're down thirty-three nothing yeah. at halftime. Okay, so <laughs> got work to do. We got a lot of shit to do. We can't thank you enough, ladies and gentlemen. Adam Thielen. Yeah. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, for everything DB. <laughs> With Darius Butler. Uh, fourth quarter. Obviously, we all have seen the comeback. 33-point comeback. This is a big play, a big part of it. Scores 38, uh, 20, uh, 36, 28 at this point. A little over two minutes left. Now, 
Two-minute drill, two-minute warning on the uh, plus side of two-minute drill with timeouts or without them. Always, always, always alert a play to the back. That's just one of the things that I learned coming up. I don't know how much they do it in today's league, but always a play to the back. Obviously, Dalvin is out of the backfield at this point. It's an empty set. It's going to be a screen. So that screen, draw, run. So you got Dalvin. Now, this play, pause it right here. First mistake here, curl flat defender. We've been talking about flat defenders all year long. Flat defenders, oh, damn, what happened up here? Flat defenders <laughs> always have the edge. What I mean by the edge is they have to force this. this now is the receiver. He has to get outside of this box and force it to pursue. So force it to the end, force it to this linebacker, hit play pause. So right now that's the first mistake. Not, not setting that edge, not setting the back, right? So now you got the best ball carrier on their team, obviously in open, open space. Let it play here. You're going to have a loaf backside. Hold oh, on just no. real quick. Big gaping hole. Now, pause it. It's, so you got him, you got him, and then you got the guy to fill the alley, right? So let it play a little bit. See how that boom. Nope. So now that's not. So he missed. You got run it back oh one more time. Oh, my God. Just this is right after the fourth and one fail? This is. Uh, yeah. 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 Yeah, well, yeah, this is the yeah, first the play after the fourth and one. First play. So. Once again, this is the start of a two-minute drive. Play to the back, and then once the play is happening, it could be a 15-yard game. It could be a 20-yard game. This is corner. If you're this corner, if you're this safety, at this point, sometimes, sometimes a linebacker it doesn't happen much as a linebacker, but as a DB, sometimes you got to play it slow. You got to die slow almost sometimes. Just don't dive in there and lose yourself. Here, bad. He's going to overrun. It's going to be bad leverage here. Dalvin's going to put his foot in the ground. You know what happens there. Lose yourself in the music, the moment. <laughs> good point, DB. You got to never let it go. What's that, AJ? That's a good point, slow point. You got to buy time and wait yeah. for your buddies to get there. You got to sacrifice your body most likely, but you got to you got to hold that lineman and make the, the back kind of chop his feet at least slow down. Yeah, exactly. You heard Pat P um, talk about kind of in open space with these screens with, like, offensive linemen, like, you know, foot faking them, beating them in space. So this is a different situation. You almost got to back up, let them get to your oh. corner. That's tough right there. That's a tough tackle to make. It looks like an easy tackle almost. No but he's 20 running, miles an hour. He's running no. him down. He probably thinks, like, he probably thinks Jeez. he's going to chase him down, get a chase down tackle. Dalvin, obviously, this is running backs. You know, they get paid a ton of money to not get tackled so by DB. Yeah, just move. And then he Cut. he squares Okereke up and says, all right, now I'm going to end this with a fucking beast yeah. mode. Now, obviously an unbelievable play uh, by Dalvin, but just bad ball all around the defensive side of the ball, especially at this point in the game. Like, this is this is the game. You've already yeah, it's already been win. a 28-3 to three run at this point. Like, just get a stop. Get him on the ground, line up again. Hey, just, just so we're clear, though, about the Colts. Mm-hmm. That's in Gawkway. Mm-hmm. He sees it early. Yeah, he's, he's hauling in. He needed them to slow play it so he could get there. Mm-hmm. Agreed. That's exactly. the Forrest Buckner right there, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Those are two, like, super vets, mm-hmm. right? They're mm-hmm. playing. Okay, okay, draft pick yeah. out of Stanford. He's playing. Mm-hmm. See, if he's outside there, it's a high chance that Ndokwe yep. makes that tackle if that flat defender stays outside. Now, the flat defender is Julian Blackman. Um, Second-year pro now, I think. Uh, so, yep. Kenny Moore, he's playing in Kenny Moore's absent in that slot. Um, so, you know, not saying that, but he's young. He had he a pick six, didn't bunch. he? Made a big yeah. play, yeah. pick yeah. six early in the game. 54 running down, too. He had an unbelievable game on the D-line for them. Yeah, you, you got to get him down, man. Got to get him down. But 33 play, zip. Play There's, to the back. How does that happen? First play of two-minute on the positive side of the two-minute uh, two mark. Does this team stink? What's that? Cool. Our football team? Yeah. Yeah, we're a bad football team right now. 
Right now. Right we now. got Nick Foles starting this Monday. I didn't ask you. Okay, you know nobody you asked me. <laughs> I'm just asking about the right now part. Me and Darius right were just having a conversation. Right. We took a pause from the show. <laughs> last okay. time Nick, this isn't a show. We're just trying to fucking talk. Last time right. Nick Foles got thrown in the mix this time of year, he went on a Super Bowl run. All Thank right. you. We got a chance. Maybe again. I saw Pete Schrager. He put out something. We still have a chance to make it to the playoffs. Yeah, we got to win right. them all. Yeah. Titans got to lose them all. Yep, point zero. Jags got to lose them all and then beat the Titans last game of the year. Yep. Not happening. You guys are dead. Well, Telling me there's a chance. Once again, this is a me and Darius conversation. Oh, okay. I keep forgetting because I got the headphones in. And we're talking to the microphones? Yeah. They fucking suck. Oh, that team. So <laughs> why? What is the. Why? Worst team by They got far. guys. They got. Quentin Nelson playing. Ryan Kelly playing. Jonathan Taylor, he's out for the rest of the year, I guess. He got hurt. He was playing MVP candidate. Um, Michael Pittman was supposed to be an incredible mm-hmm. player coming into the year on defense side of the bar. Uh, Buckner's playing. And Gakwe's yeah. playing. Yeah. Franklin has been really Zaire, good. Zaire, yeah. Gilmore. Stephon Gilmore's yeah, a Hall Gilmore. of Famer. He's, he's fucking had a great player. year, too. He's, he's had a really good year. Side. It's just tough, man. It just has not come together. To start how the Why? I don't know. I, hey, I, you got to be in that building to see how shit's going. Once answer the question. Smart outside of the building to make those assessments. And I got I need a lot of relationships in there, too. Still, I need to so. know now. I got a lot of relationships yeah, not, in there as well. Just, I'm not, well, you know. I it's do just too. bad, all right? It's oh, bad. so you have an answer. You don't want to burn I don't it have an answer. I don't have an answer. I don't. AJ, have you ever seen anything like this? We got ta- I, I've never been on a team with this much, ta- <laughs> and I've been very lucky with yeah. the coattails that I was able to ride. But I feel like I've never been on a team that had that much talent and sucked this fucking bad, ever. I don't know how that happens. Well, I think consistent quarterback play is one issue that they yeah, have had for a couple of years now. Yeah, he, that guy is certainly not. <laughs> What's AJ doing up there? Why did he come down and join you guys? I asked him. Did yeah. you hear? No. He didn't oh, there I am. All right, I'll come down. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Next play. Um. Just don't need your biasy. It's not bias. We're trying to get insightful and informed. Yeah. I am too. Deep. That's why I'm genuinely curious as to how another shot. Another oh. shot in the uh, alumni section. Play action. Uh, Trevor Lawrence had another good game. Another shot in the alumni section. Young corner getting some reps now on the opposite side of Diggs. They've been banged up in this secondary. The Cowboys have. There you go. Dead spot. All right, yeah, 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 yeah. Boom. It. So well, run it back so to the top, please. We do not know, actually. What the yeah, it might be the lights sending lights. a different. Uh, Zay Jones, three touchdowns out here once again between the 40s. We see it every week. Play action. It's going to be a great shot from uh, Trevor Lawrence. Beep, beep. Right no, there, no. first and ten. Oh, bad eyes. no. Got him. Bad eyes, bad eyes. DBs, young DBs. Read the break. Because this isn't even, I mean, obviously you score a 60-yard touchdown, so you can say it's a good route. That's not a great route. That's not a great, dope move route. You got to make them earn it as a DB. You can't give up this chunk. So have your eyes on your luggage once again. Look at him through the break. This is one of those, as a quarters defender, you got a quarter safety. You put your break, your eyes should be on the receiver at this point. Because if he's running the comeback, this ball is going to be out, and he's going to be running there. Two steps to your man, then you look back for the ball. What a throw. Right here, his eyes in the backfield, as Chuck would say, I fucking the quarterback. <laughs> and then, once again, like to your point, too, a big-time throw from uh, Trevor Lawrence. Pretty clever. A lot of space. Pretty clever route there, right at the marker. I assume they're taught mm-hmm. that because you're going to try to jump that because you think they're trying to get a first down. Is this Well, it's, it's, it's this uh, first and ten, I believe. So, you know, once alumni section – First down, like, it's just something to always echo and alert in the huddle. Hey, alert a shot here, alert a shot here. It's not going to happen every time, but when it does, especially when you got a young player out there, you know, um, they'll run this play at, at uh, Diggs, too, because, he, he, you know, he bites on these. But this is a good play, good throw. Double move for any aggressive corner, right? Yeah, 
Absolutely. Even though they're uh, six and eight, do you think Doug Peterson should be almost up for coach yes. of the year because of how much better they are? Oh, coach, not this, not this year, because of what Sirianni's doing in Philly, what Kevin O'Connell's doing in Minnesota. Uh, but they are. They did make a, a, a great jump, and for them to finish the way that they're finishing too, because they started off shitty, um, and Trevor Lawrence has looked. Light years better yeah. than he did last year. So uh, emotional too. Yeah, uh-huh. like we're talking yeah, and celebrating pissed. and like yeah. pissed off and yeah. things like Love that. I, I thought he didn't have that. Love to see that from him. Well, that is because uh, we did hear that one pregame speech, and that's not our fault. <laughs> that's a big. That's a good. Not throw. just that, but also I every interview. Yeah, he's like the same exact person, very quiet and mm-hmm. chill. Deadpan. After games, it seemed like his rookie year was just like the same. He was trying to do it, and I feared that because he was put in the spotlight at such a young age that he thought he wasn't allowed to have emotions or whatever. Mm-hmm. He just needed somebody to, like – like Doug Peterson's like, hey, you're allowed to get, yeah. like – Go, yeah. motherfucker. Hey, you're allowed to be excited. Like, mm-hmm. you're allowed to be happy with what you pulled off. Yeah. Him empowering that entire team, I think we see it, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's unreal. The guys feed off of that, too, from that quarterback position. This is a game winner in Detroit uh, – in New York. But Fourth Detroit. and an inch. Fourth and inches. Hell so yeah. you saw the um, the Penay Sewell play mm-hmm. uh, a couple weeks ago and it had him to the flat. So this is actually really, really good communication from these DBs. Right now, Sauce and um, – damn, I know this kid's name. Uh, one in 30 right now communicating <laughs> across the formation. And he's basically saying, because they know what's coming, 14 comes across, we're going to switch this off. So you see the commute running back to the top. You see the commu- communication there from the opposite sides of the field. If he comes across, we're going to switch men, all right? So we're going to switch responsibilities. Now, it's man-to-man coverage, and A.J. obviously has a ton of more experience than I do in this, but this tight end is kind of going to sneak in here on like a down block and then sneak across the formation, kind of like a, almost like an old shit play. He didn't fall. It wasn't like a Houdini. Delay? Yeah, a little delay. He was patient with it. And once again, this is a fourth in a one play. So these guys are geared up to stop the run. These dudes obviously are, are always, you know, in, in pass coverage. For the game. But just, yeah, this is for the gusto. Less than two minutes. This is for the gusto right here. Nice switch. Oh, boom. Yeah. Good play. Yeah. Yeah. Good play. And you'll see it's, it's tougher from the, you'll see it from the tight copy on how tough it is for CJ Mosley to actually play this. So right now, right now, my good. Yep. Sound all right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're good wherever. So these two linebackers have a tight end and a running back right now. And obviously, when you saw the corners, what they're doing, you see the communication right now Michael across Carter. the formation. But these two guys, they're going to end up on these two guys. And watch how he slow plays this and goes across the formation. It's a lot of, lot of eye candy for that defense. This is tough. Oh, no. You got to play, <laughs> you got to play got action right there. Right here, right? That's impossible. Yep. Golf looking right, too. Waiting. So at this point right now, that has be, this has become his, his man. And that back that's on the ground, that's one of these two guys. Fourth and one for the game. Oh, oh, Tight end catches it. Tremosa. You almost have to be, those two backers have to be playing that play almost to pick that up. Like you got to be, hey, remember this tight end delay deal. We're, we're going to switch this on, on if they go strong here, 42 goes towards him or whatever. So it's yeah. an unstoppable play you're thinking? No, no you just gotta you gotta be playing the play. Like I think, I mean, yeah, you could pick it up if not, but man, fourth and one, you're you're, yeah, it's just a good play by Detroit. Yeah, because inches, especially with how they play, I mean, yeah. everybody's thinking this, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, thousand percent thought they were running the ball. So right. so do these dudes, right? If you yeah, absolutely. So you're running back to the wide cover real quick, just like AJ said. 
because this is an unstoppable play, too, if you're not playing this play. Like, if 30 just runs across and say, this is my guy, he's going to run across and get six inches on a catch if he wants to. He's they switched cross it really nice. Yeah. So they switched it nice. Like, these two corners, they picked that up because this is the play that they were playing, oh, right? Yeah. So yep. to AJ's point, unless they talk about this almost pre-snap, like in this situation, because you're so geared up to stop that short yardage play, that it's tough to have your eyes right. And that's why offenses run it. Sometimes they'll do this with, like, the tight end will, like, fall or fake fall, and they'll get up late. Kittle. Be like, a, you know, a Houdini or Ocean Hollywood, screen. they call it. I think yeah. San yeah. Fran calls it Hollywood. Diva, you think St. Brown in motion there is option one, or do you think they're going to the tight end that whole time? Uh, that's t- I think with how they played this one, I think this was for the tight end. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Is this yeah. a play you save? Like, you know you have it the entire game. And you're they actually, I just saw it. I didn't see it the first time. They actually alerted to this play. They might have had it for so weeks. So run it back, so. Goff goes, cans, cans, cans. Yeah, so mm-hmm. they go to the second play right there. So, you know, he's making sure everybody's got it. He's making sure everybody's got it on that side. Um, yeah, this is this is a big-time play, though, in a big-time moment. This is not the same old. No, no it's not. No, no, no. no, no this no. is the brand new lines. Let's check that sideline. Check that sideline. They had be so pumped. They had this play in he practice, right? They ran this in practice a couple times. Had to, yeah. And cooked the defense. The first time they cooked the defense. Mm-hmm. Second time they cooked the backup defense. Starting defense probably saw this for the first time and said, Oh, <laughs> that one's going to be tough. Good play, that Ben. That's a good play, Ben Johnson. I bet the Sewell play is similar to that. Exact reaction. Like, oh, that one's going to work. Look at Sewell's this. so athletic, too. So You're I can going, imagine man. the type of I think shit Sewell does in practice. Yeah, run, Brock. Go. Rock, run. Yeah, this, this, is, a, this is a Friday Dog. short yardage play. Man, good for the line. Look at the tight end, too. <laughs> Scooting. Yeah. We weren't happy with the little wiggle. I like that. I enjoy, I really enjoy this Lions team. Yeah, they're awesome. Yeah, they're awesome. fun to watch. Easy to root for, too. Like MCDC being a football guy to the core, not one of the new you know, <laughs> analytics type of people, so it's awesome Jesus. to have one of those. Hey, we were all rooting for MCDC. Maybe not we all. Were you? That's true. But I was rooting <laughs> for MCDC just as the player. It was. It's very fun to shit on the lines because of what they have been in the past, but you had to kind of root for MCDC so we could have more football guys as head coaches. Vrabel had one of the greatest Boom. football oh. co- guys oh. of all time exactly. in a press conference. <laughs> Uh, another great job acting and patience by a tight end. This is a great Hollywood. Great, I think they call it. Yeah, this. great play design. Um, when you see it's going to be a fake up top to a screen, a fake down bottom Ooh. to a screen, and then a little tight end leak out up the Ooh. middle. Still hasn't left. Jeez. Yeah. God. Yeah. Man. So if you run it, Super run it, run it back to the beginning. Just let <laughs> it. Yep. This is this is made a hit. Huge. This is a big deal for the Super. This is the first drive. You're obviously up in the box for this, but um, just watch this whole thing play out. So obviously it's going to be communication anytime it's motion. It's just let just. Bam. Boop. Bam. Purdy. Like that's 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 tough. <laughs> that's that's going to be tough to stop. That's tough. That's a great play design. Obviously great acting. Uh, pause it real quick. Last week, uh, Chuck was talking about um, a child release, and I think AJ may have asked if he had one. And the, the, the picture that he had, I think C-Mac was directly behind the tackle. Mm-hmm. So this is that child alignment right here when you split in the crotch of that tackle. And this is obviously, you know, intentional. They don't care. And they want everyone on the defense to know, hey, C-Mac is getting out. So he gets Mac, gets out, fakes that way, fakes this way. Bro. They pull that guard. Bro, too. yeah, they fucking pull it. Unbelievable guy. play design. And it's Christian fucking McCaffrey. And C-Mac, obviously. Right here. 
traded for a second and a fifth. <laughs> Unbelievable. Bink. See ya. Eyes go that way. Yep. Have to. Get them out of there. Backer safety. Boom. Backer. I go that way. Nickel. Just so much time. There's so much time for those backers to have to sift through that, especially when Kittle makes contact and he like grabs onto 10 for a second yep. before he goes. Like It's just so much time. Big <laughs> gaping <laughs> hole. Jeez. What a play. What nice a play. Too. Mm-hmm. They're so good, dude. They are so fun to watch live, D-Butt. Yeah. Their defense flies. I'm in the Eagles. It's not similar to watching Colts live? Yeah, yeah, it was. So different? Felt like I was back. You're talking about now the Colts? Yeah. It's tough to watch now the Colts. Give it a 33-point lead. It's like watching the team that those teams are playing, though. Halftime is sweet. I think we have um, another light Light show. Light show. Yep, light show. Monday Night Football, we got cheerleaders and drumline. And a light and, show. And really? Light show, yeah. yeah. Should be nice. sweet. What do you mean light nice. show? I thought you uh, mean everybody like downloads an app, and then they put on their flashlight. Yeah. And bam, Are you serious? Bam, oh, yeah. Bam, it's a great time. There's a drum line that we didn't. Did you know there was a drum line for the Colts? Absolutely not. Me neither. Historic presentation, though. Zito knows what it's like. This is literally what it looks like. It just turns on and off. It's crazy. Monday Night Football. Yeah, then they're swearing in a bunch of kids again to the Boy Scouts. No, that was Military Appreciation Week when John Bon Jovi didn't want to stand up. No, that was John Cougar. John Cougar. Loves you want to come to the game Monday? You'll be able to see it. You might be stuck here anyways, but you might yeah. not be able to travel. Yeah, true. So that's on yeah, you. Here or South sworn in to be a Boy no, Scout. I love to see yeah. quarterback. Yeah, Indiana, Indiana, you do. Cub, Boy Scout. Mm-hmm. Cub, oh. Boy Scout honor. I only know that because. What do you want to be? Eagle. Scout's honor. Scout. Bill yeah. Stewart used to say, we're going to run a raid at him. And that's Scout's honor. <laughs> he used to say that. I'm like, all right, I don't know enough about the Scout's community, but Cub Ooh. and Boy Scout honor. I think Eagle maybe just you put your fours up. Fours up. Exactly. Fours up. Are you guys going to Boy Scout? No. Boy Scouts? Never. Boy Scouts? How about you? No. Nah. Nah. I got a friend really? who's an Eagle Scout, though. Ties really? the shit former, out of knots. Former, former team. Yeah, is that what bars. that means? Who? Donald Thomas. Really? Oh, yeah. And we found out we fuck with him all the time. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I guess Dude, he could tie knots, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Eagle Scout, too. Yeah. You can go a lot of places oh, yeah. like college for free <laughs> because you're an Eagle oh, Scout. Oh, yeah. I think it's a big deal. Yeah. It's like, what? Yeah. yeah. Actually. College? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You get scholarships for being an Eagle Scout. Yeah, it's oh, like yeah. the uh, – yes. what are those uh, – the military – yeah, no ROTC. Way. It's yeah. like the Scouts yeah. and then the ROTC. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They all have their own, like, plugs. Actually can. Yeah. Not fucking around. No. I can start a fire. It's not I feel good about guard. that. Yep. Boom. With a magnifying Just guard? in the fucking wilderness, you just start a fire. I mean, I'm going to have to have things. That's what people have to have. Yeah, you need, yeah, you're flint, twindle. Flint, flint, I need flint. Yep. You give me a little flint. Mm-hmm. You give me a couple rock thingies. Sure. And then uh, yep. you give me lighter. some sticks. I feel good. Lighter would certainly win. <laughs> I'm normally going to have a lighter on me, too. Um, yeah, I might not need the flint. I can hey, tie a I couple knots. This- I just got a flashlight that lights things on fire. It's like a laser beam almost, and That's I awesome. I point at things and it, it'll start uh, like leaves on fire. It's sweet. What? So it's not a flashlight. You have a laser. Yeah. <laughs> that's sweet. That's awesome. I, I tell it's you a, what, that thing goes tool. miles through the sky too. It's amazing. Send me oh, so you can fuck with planes. Yeah, you gotta you, wear some goggles. Don't wanna hit your eyeballs. Can you please send goggles. us the link to that? Yeah, we would like to get oh, that I've, next year or whatever. I thought about getting all of you guys one. We'll see. Thought see if they have it. nothing to oh, say. Merry Christmas. Thought Thanks, dude. Nice. Thought that counts. Uh, apparently in Wisconsin, that was some light show, that thing. Okay. okay. Sure. All right, let's yeah. move on. What's everybody so 
People are so dumb. <laughs> Definitely aliens. But uh, if you want to be obedient in some, <laughs> <laughs> they're sucking yeah. people up. Isn't that what Aaron said during the book club? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Jeez Louise. Sorry, don't be a sheep. Also, something to think about is how that was in Wisconsin. Isn't that the state that Gallagher, who is the alien expert in? Yeah. So, so maybe they were just visiting him. He got into something. Yeah, he said uh, guys who uh, go to service academy shouldn't be able to play in the NFL until after they fucking serve their time in that the military. Got, that got fixed. He was in a Marine, I think. He was a Marine, right? Yeah, he, yeah. Was. he was in the service. Did he get sucked up? He may have. By the aliens? Yeah, or that. I don't know. I think guys should be, if you make it in the NFL, <laughs> I think guys should be allowed to go represent. I think it's good marketing for yeah. the Carter? That quarterback. Yeah, he's like 6'8", the end. Perry. They got, it, they got it fixed. Josh McGarry, we had a guy. Yep. He Malcolm. had to go serve a little bit, I think. Mm-hmm. Lions had Hadn't played guy. football in a couple of years. Ca- Cardano. Villa. I was going to yeah, say, the Patriots Cardano. usually, Stillers. after you Stillers serve Bill. Oh, Villanueva. Villa. 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 Mm-hmm. He served Love first. You, he stood for the national anthem, too, all by himself, and the rest of the Steelers won. That's right. Respect. The rest of the Steelers yeah. were in the, in the locker room, and he, Villanueva said, what are we doing? He ripped a Humvee door right off its fucking hinges. And then went out there and listened to the national anthem. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. True. 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 Do you remember that was a big drama? Oh yeah, True big story. time. It was a yeah. a, was a, a vet with the NFL mm-hmm. with a situation happening. I mean, that was just like all oh, the ingredients, perfect storm, everything that you could potentially. Fun time to be a fan then. Well, how about now? Franco Harris just died. Yeah. Rest in peace, Franco. Rest in peace, Franco. Well, we're cool. gonna give an incredible fucking memorial on Saturday night, Christmas Eve, and it's gonna be yeah. fantastic. Come on. To Franco? Yeah. I mean, he was already, Jersey yeah. was already getting retired. So. It's supposed to be a negative 10 or something like that. Yeah, oh. it's going to be chilly. New Steelers. Two by two. Uh, yeah, uh, this game is wild. But um, running back to the beginning, right. we'll see the, the communication between not only these two down here, but all the way from D-Mac up top. You see uh, Devontae Adams off the ball. I don't know if they saw it on film. I don't know what Duggar saw to give away this screen, but this is unbelievable anticipation and great play. Great job finishing this play, too. Backed up offenses try to be a little more safe. Typically, uh, they are, they got a little space here, but um, oh my watch god, pay from Duggar. Oh yeah, yeah, he's on. Give me oh, that. Oh yeah. So that I mean that's a, you you rarely rarely get that opportunity to actually make that play. When did he know? You think when he started telling everybody? I think um so deep, when you get this alignment um it's called a flop alignment. Slot receivers on the ball, outside receivers off the ball. Like right now, as soon as he sees the alignment, they all start talking. All Jones three gives them a thumbs talking. up after he talks to them. Yeah. So as soon as that motion, they're letting them know, all right, because they're probably anticipating the stack, obviously. So they're letting them know once they get into the stack, this is the coverage Whoops. plan. But he knew the screen was coming. Now he knew it went and made that play. Big, that's an unbelievable play. Yeah, it was 17-3 to three at that point, too. We just punted the ball back. So this actually did bring the Patriots back into the game. Does Derek Carr fucking stink? They you know what? I can't, put, I can't necessarily put this one on Carr. This is just great you know, anticipation. This just, yeah, this is just a uh, research. Mean, this is he, he was ready for it, and he made a fucking great play. I was going to say Derek Carson. He's an above average quarterback. That was a good That's football. his second defensive touchdown of the year. Duggar? Yep. Oh, nice. Um, this is uh, we had Tariq Woolen do this last week, covered three. You know, see, once again, splitting these two verticals. Denzel Ward. Denzel Ward had a really good game. Uh, this game had a pick down the red area on a pick route. And then this one, he should have picked, but he ended up dropping it. So he's got these two guys, right? Yep. And Did Denzel start, had a slow start to his season, but he's definitely picked it up. Look at late. that. Question is, do you have a good game? Um, oh. Two-part two question. Do you have a good game, and can you win a game without any wide receivers? 
No, you cannot. But he did have a good game. How fucked are they that Devin Duvernay, Duvernay yeah. broke a bone in his foot? I mean, I think they were kind of fucked before that. No, exactly. Sammy Watkins. You know, with the, <laughs> with the weapons. And Deshaun Jackson. You know, Lamar, well, Lamar's banged up. He'll probably be back next week. They do they got pretty Isaiah good tight likely. ends, though. Likely and um, He's awesome. What a play. Like in Andrews, but they great play. They don't throw the ball to Andrews anymore. No. Yeah, yeah that was anytime Todd block. Deshaun Jackson out there? Sure. Yeah. So? <laughs> Sammy can move. Oh, this one. What are you talking about? Lose defense. Hey, great play by Ward. We appreciate yeah, that, play, Ward. Ward. AJ, do you have anything to say? No, that was a good play. Good anticipation. Four verts, right, against uh, yep. cover three there, D-butt. Four verts, somewhere else. cover three. And then um, five? Five or four? Does DuVernay set it down? Oh, I don't know. I didn't at see. At the bottom of the screen? Let's see what this guy does. Oh, five. Nope. Oh. oh, Andrews. And a hook. Four verts and a hook, Ooh. obviously. To get that guy out of the get that guy out of the throwing lane there, and Denzel a, doesn't jump it. Open man. the window. That's go get speed. So I mean, this looks like you know that's that's wide open in the NFL. Ball, 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 ball. Unless yep. you boop, boop. Lou, lose defense. Yeah. Third Ooh, quarter, Lou, Lou, Lou. third and eight. Momentum on Pause it right now. What coverage does this look like? Zero. 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 We all think zero. Cover two. Got a lot of guys up. We got all DBs on the same alignment. It's a third and eight. Money down. You'll see Tom checking to probably a oh, zero yeah. beater. Jesse's rolled up too on the back. Yeah. All right. We got zero, right? We got cover zero. Check, check, check. Alert, alert. Oh, they're dropping. Oh, oh. Look at him flipping his head. Tom was fooled. So once Tom gets to the top of his drop, now goes from a pre-snap zero look to you got eight, eight in coverage. Now watch this curl flat defender do a great job. Holy shit. You're going to have two curl, two nice. curl defenders. Jeez, or two curl routes, I'm sorry. But he does a great job covering both of them. Oh, and picks that what up a play. Too. What a play by that so dude. Who was that? This is one of those big, big momentum shifting plays. That was uh, Flowers. Flowers? Trey. Look at that. Body, body Flowers, position yeah. at the sticks. Yep. With like, body position takes away the route up top, and mm-hmm. then he sees the quarterback. Man, what a play. Yeah, great play. Yeah, Tom wouldn't be able to get to that guy. Evans? Well, he could, but because of the route, yeah, and if you look at the space in between these two guys, right, this curl flat defender can sit, because if he comes in anymore, he's right here. So he's Mm -hmm. in a great, like AJ said, great job getting to his deck, getting right at the stakes, getting to a spot, seeing the quarterback, putting his foot in the ground and making that play. So this is cover three? Cover three. Uh, Cover three, you you obviously, because usually it's four under three deep, but now this is five under one, two, three, four, five Damn. under three deep. So those windows now are much, you know, it's tighter because you got more defenders in them. So Lou's just fucking with Tom here. It's a great Not job. Great free snap disguise. Yeah, is it tough when uh, Brady's a QB and he yells at the old line and no one can yell at him back as far as like a team <laughs> method togetherness goes? Like, hey, Tom, good throw. How does that, how's that work like cool, dynamically bro. with the locker room? <laughs> As far as yelling, at, I mean, yeah, people yell at each other. Man. Yeah, people yeah. yell at each other. But does anyway yell at Tom? Is my Cause, question. Cause Just because everyone said that Belichick was the sure. reason, you know, he had to leave. But it seems like Belichick sort of kept the glue together. Jen Lane will yell at him. She <laughs> will. So Tom. Tom knew exactly where he was going the whole time. Such a fake look at Lenny Fournette here. Yeah. Oh, but he's two eighty. Boom. <laughs> Yeah, that, that was that was not a great throw, but it wasn't great spacing. And I think all that started with that uh, pre-snap disguise. But and Rumo, and Rumo's genius. Okay, I see you. This time hasn't seen everything. 
Oh, <laughs> I was told. Oh. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, everything oh, deep. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, wait, that, that, that Tennessee play's not in there? That's oh, yeah. Got to mm. see that. No, I don't think oh, so. Fuck oh, it. No. We have it on. I was going to say, isn't, don't we have that? We have it on all 22. Oh, yeah. yeah. There we go. I skipped it. That's this 100%. Was in the middle there. Two minutes. This is 12, 12 seconds left in the first half. So, you know, you're in a position right now if you're a quarterback. If it's not there, throw it away, take the field goal. They end up winning by a field goal in this game, but this Shout is an out. unbelievable play. You can see that's why the DBs are playing like this. Oh, 12 shit. 12 seconds left. So yes. he's trying to throw it away right now. Like, all right, let me just throw this out of bounds. If Mike Williams catches it or nobody catches it, McCreary, the corner, does a great job. You'll see it better from the back copy. Going up, high-pointing it, and tipping it. We always talk about tips and overthrows. Tipping it back to his comrades. So that's um, – I mean, Now, awesome. just, just for everybody to know, tips, ball getting tipped, mm-hmm. but also we all played tips growing up. Oh, yeah. Jump, catch, throw. Are those both the same And when they say tips and overthrows? I, you rarely see this. Yeah. I, I've, I've, Oklahoma State, I think, I saw yep. it like years ago. Um, in Stanford? Antoine Bethea told me, I think Dansby may have had one at some point in the league, but this is the first time I've ever seen this in the NFL. For him intentionally oh, going unreal. up, high pointing that. And batting it right back to his guy. Jeez. And him getting his feet. So that's, that's you know, all-time awareness. Dude. Yeah, this guy had time. to feel like a fucking genius. Yeah, that's big. If you run it back to the beginning of the play uh, from this copy, you can see, you know, just being aware of the situation. You know, uh, fucking Patriots. Be aware oh, of yeah. the fucking situation, what's going on. 12 seconds left. So once they get in the line, you'll see the signal. You'll see the quad signal. Somebody, he's giving the quads right now. He's saying, hey, back up. Back the fuck up. Everybody back up. And then he ends up, you know, obviously been in the right position to make this play. Does this guy who tips the ball, does he also get an interception maybe on, like, the uh, second assist? Yeah, yeah. Assi- yeah <laughs> he second might get assist. a pass defense. Like, if he's, in, if he's one interception. Oh, deflection. Yeah, he might. Since yeah. he was the first one to touch the ball, I think he may get, a, a, like, a, a pass defense. Or is that a pick but- with a fumble? Yeah, because what if he's one interception short of his like incentive? There was almost a weird ruling they were talking about because he threw, threw it. Forward. Yeah, but it was never was it ever possessed because he was never on the ground? Correct. So it doesn't matter what the throw ah, is. Good point. Definitely not. So it's a, it's a, there was a lot of conversations had, and it felt like everybody had an answer for everything that was being talked about. The only real words that we should say is, "That's fucking brilliant, yeah, unbelievable, brilliant football." And you know, I bet he probably had to learn. Some stuff. Probably. To play in the NFL. I mean, they, they did give some signals there real quick. Did they? You know, That's weird. Before huh. Everybody had to know. That's an unrealistic expectation from a coach that is the reigning coach of the year. <laughs> but it pays off big time, just like having everything DB. Let's show a video real quick from that man's coach, uh, just so we can really see <laughs> yes. what the Tennessee Titans <laughs> building is like right now. So when a play like that is made, you could see some real relief off the shoulders because of what has happened for the Titans. Here's Paul Kuharski of OutKick, who has covered the Tennessee Titans for a long time, and the reigning coach of the year Mike Vrabel having an interaction at a press conference just yesterday and this is what life is like whenever you lose games with the media and as reigning coach of the year been having that conversation about not making the big mistakes and things like that for a couple weeks now the offense goes out and you get a penalty from one of your key guys on the on the first series end up in second and 22 or whatever What's that say about kind of the message getting through and guys kind of doing, not doing the things that you've been talking about for three weeks? Yeah, that's uh, going to be a, a quick answer to an incredibly terrible uh, 
long question. <laughs> just continue to stay consistent and and focus on improvement and um, <laughs> making sure that they understand where some of these penalties occur. Uh. You know, pressure and you know Nate kind of went back and you know uh, I think Ben saw the backer blitzing. So just understanding, like in special teams, where you know those guys, you know. You get blocks in the back out in space is just trying to understand where those occur. You know, Hooper's penalties at the point of attack. You know, it's, you know, those are things that set you behind. Yeah, dude, I love it. As Unreal. he's asking a question, Vrabel knows Paul. Paul's been there since before Vrabel has become the head coach. The tone of the question, you could see Vrabel just being like, what's this guy accusing me of right here in the middle of this thing? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to give you a quick answer. It turns out to a long answer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. turns out to be a great answer. And I don't know if he meant to say terrible long question or terribly long question. He says terrible long yeah, question, yeah. so he dunks on him at the moment. Yeah. I fucking love Rabes, dude. Love Paul. Sat in the pocket, asked his question. Obviously, the tone of the question is certainly fascinating with the reigning coach of the year acting as if he's lost the locker room, kind of, is what he was hinting at. Oh, yeah. And then Vrabel fucking coming back. I love I enjoy this type of stuff, AJ. Yeah, it's always the tone of the question, I think. It's not really what is asked. It's always kind of like you could tell the tone of it. And, yeah, everyone's getting paid a lot of money in the NFL, coaches, players, all that. They can handle whatever. But, yeah, they're also humans. They're allowed to get frustrated and pissed off at questions. Oh, yeah, we were talking about that yesterday with the Giovanni Bernard thing where mm-hmm. it was like, what, what have you done for us to a conversation with me? That was the tone. Greg Allman quotes we did and said that he wishes he would have handled that in a different fashion in the way oh, it was good. and everything like that. So we appreciate yes. him. Gio's a great dude. I played with Gio. Started to kick off. Gio, like, you can hear him speaking in that term. Like, he, like, yeah, Gio's a team dude, and he was genuinely, like, surprised. Like, wow, what, what's <laughs> happening here, man? Like, I thought we were thought we were good. You suck at football. It was kind of what was – it was the tone in which it was being asked. Yeah. Obviously, he knows that he was in the middle of a terrible play, and he fucked up, and he owned that. But, like, also, he's been in the NFL more than 10 years, noted good guy. Like, yeah. you're in his locker room, too. Not, we need the media. Media is needed. But also not objects, humans, and – I think you can get much better answers out of people if you treat them that way. This happened in Buffalo with yes. Josh Allen at a press conference just yesterday. This is seem- or last week. This is seemingly all starting to happen now. Like, listen to the tone in the words that are said from a credentialed media person. And we, I don't know if we know the name or not. Don't want to out them. They're, like whatever the case is, I'm sure this isn't like their finest moment. But listen to how somebody feels okay enough to talk to fucking Josh Allen as a media. Josh Allen, MVP candidate. Josh Allen, the prototype, what everybody's looking yeah. for. Here's media member giving their opinion to Josh Allen in the middle of a press conference. It doesn't look like an offense that's enough to win the Super Bowl right now. Okay. <laughs> okay, shut the fuck up. I was surprised Josh didn't say that. Yeah. You know, like Josh. Was that, a question? that was it? He asked a question about oh. the offense. Josh gave an answer. Then the follow up was this doesn't look like an offense that can win a Super Bowl. And Josh's like, okay. It's like Josh handling Josh. that. I think he took yeah. the high road, and I appreciate that. But just the thought that I, I should say this to Josh Allen, the one of the best football players in the world. By far. Who is the captain of the offense. Like, just that sort of entitlement to even think you should say that, I find amazing, and uh, I appreciate yeah. it. But with the Geo situation, with this situation, with the Josh Allen, with the Vrabel situation, it's like, hey, we all got to remember we're in this together. And also, not objects, not on internet, human in-person interaction. Let's have a little respect for each other.
You know what I mean? Like, yeah. let's let's have a little both bit of respect. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was both, both ways. ways. You're right. Both you ways. Build up the player. Talk about the good things. You don't have to say you don't think they can win an offense even if or a Super Bowl, even if that's what your opinion is. And also, I think we can all, you know, revel in the fact that Sal Capacho had that guy's tongue, you know, <laughs> taken out of his body. So I'm not – I don't think we're – we'll hear from that guy anymore. Um, I've never played football in my life. I have no idea. But you don't have an offense that can win a Super Bowl. Josh fucking Allen. Yes. Okay. Okay. All right. Like, that is wild. That was crazy. It is, I, w- I would like to hear the first part of that question, too. But for him to end it like that, yeah, this offense can't win. I don't, I don't see it. In Buffalo. Thanks, pal. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. So, do you want to drop some fucking plays for us, dude? Like, <laughs> okay, what yeah. team in Buffalo over the last 30 years? Or, excuse me, 22, since in the 90s they had those teams. No, it's not just Buffalo. I'm sure there's more. Sure, yeah. And we're getting to the time of the year. Everybody's tired, right? It's the mm-hmm. end of the year. We've been a part of the grind. Sure. But let's just remember humans here, okay? Both ways. Yep. Humans, let's go ahead and try our best here. We don't have to seek out quotes from people that never made it in the NFL mm-hmm. to bury people. You know? Josh Allen's, you know, he hurt his throwing elbow. Probably won't be completely healthy till the end of the season. And with that elbow, you won't be able to win a Super Bowl. You stink. Okay. Right. <laughs> Thanks. That was a wild thing yeah. in a press conference. Yeah, to the one seed quarterback. It's not like they're a wild card team. They're the one seed in the AFC. <laughs> he couldn't just phrase it as a question. About. Why didn't he just ask the question instead do of saying their offense stinks? Yeah. Exactly. Do you think this offense can win a Super Bowl? That's all you had to say. And maybe that's what he meant to do. And, you know, mm-hmm. maybe Vrabes meant to say terribly long question mm-hmm. as opposed to terrible long, long question. question. <laughs> Which was. Yeah, let's remember. He hey, was pretty clear. I think Vrabes was clear. His face as he's asking yeah. questions. You see his little Ohio fuckhead. Yes. <laughs> interesting, interesting tone you've chosen. Mm. Here, Do you think the reporter felt it as he was asking? Like, I can see Braves getting <laughs> yeah. more and more mm-hmm. heated by every word I say. Oh, I, know, I know Paul. I know the guy that asked that question. Hilarious. Like, he's been around a long, long time. Knows Vrabel, smart guy. So I would assume Vrabel's face just like... <laughs> Interesting tone you have right here, pal. My life is not fun right now. Yeah. Okay. You're looking at a miserable man. Vrabes is standing up there. I've not slept more than four <laughs> hours. I was like, we fired our GM fucking yeah. middle of the season just last week. Okay. OC got a DUI three weeks ago. Okay. We were losing. This is not good. I'm Quarterback's to get got one leg. Yeah. Might be out. Yeah. Actually, two. He is out, I think, actually. Tannehill, I think oh, he's really? going to be. I Doubtful mean, is yeah, what it seemed. That was the conversation. The report so. by Rap today. And Vrabes was like, it's tough. Oh, is that right? Okay, well, it's going to be a quick answer to a terrible, okay, long question. What a moment. Mm-hmm. So remember, it's holiday season. We need each other. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Good night. Yep. All on the same team. Stay warm. Before we get out of here, you know, we have a barber that comes in every single week. It's one of the perks of working in this yeah. particular uh, office. It's awesome. Yeah. Finding a man named JC, also known as the Back Porch Barber, has changed our lives for the better since he came into it. He's also an incredible golfer, an incredible stick. And what we have heard from our conversations with the barber, which you chat about, is that this dude's a great athlete. Oh, yeah. Just so happens to be an artist with the Clippers. Mm -hmm. He does great fades, and, Mm -hmm. you know, he has the ability to accomplish anything when it comes to a head of hair. And not all of our styles of hairs are necessarily his vision, but he executes it all. And we said, you know what, back porch barber? We want to make you a part of one of these giveaways. The last mm-hmm. week before the holiday season truly kicks off, we want you to come out here, showcase your ability, showcase how cool you look to everybody. Yeah. We have the coolest looking barber in the world. By far. <laughs> Very cool. 
JC, why don't you come on out here, pal? Out of baby JC, the backboard. Out of baby JC, former quarterback. He is former quarterback. He is an uh, incredible golfer. He has long hair because nobody around him can cut hair as cool sure. as he can. Exactly. So that is why he lets it out. JC, you can grab that putter. Two out of five, you think? Yeah. It's like Bob Tunyon. Right, okay, two out of five. He does, he does have Tunyon. some Bob Tunyon in him, yeah. Dude, he's one of the cool. Every week, he's one of the coolest looking dudes of all time. Dude, today, he let that mane all the way out. Mm-hmm. Wild. He looked like he was fucking in Avatar. Yeah. <laughs> the, the hair, he looked Actually, unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Um, two out of five. We'll give 10 people $500 who oh. retweet this video, say something nice to somebody, and put their cash tag in there. Also, I only pull a little heat. Okay. You go two out of five, we'll give you an extra 10 grand today for your. Uh, here we go. Shit. Here we go. Barbering. A little bit of heat on old backwards barbering. Let's go. AJ, what are your thoughts Thanks, on it? Right what do you think, AJ? I think, Jay, I think he may, what happens if he makes five out of five? Then, then, he, then he does it. Then he did it. Then he, then he gets 10. Yep. If you, yeah, you, <laughs> then, then he did it. No, you'll get 15, and we'll give 20 people $500. Okay, okay here we go. go. If you go with five out of five. Yeah. yeah. Something you could never I think he hurt. You just got to go two out of five. Okay. You go five out of five, it'll be 15 grand and 20 winners. You go two out of five, there'll be 10 winners of $500. You'll get 10 grand. Deal. So just Let's make go. them all. He does get paid to cut our hair, believe it or not. Don't be a fool. does get paid. Right. I know a lot of people are in a conversation of do people get paid or not. We do pay our barber to travel up here and cut our hair all day. People. Yeah. yeah. Packers fans? Yeah. I'm confused. JC, cool looking motherfucker. Oh, smooth stroke. Oh, goodbye, 15 grand. (laughs) Goodbye. Two out of four. He got this. He was practicing earlier. Darius, anything to say to old JC? Hey, just trust your stroke, man. Cool tattoos on his hands. Cool. Bang right. There it is. Man. Oh! Oh, Silky smooth. That close to uh, a vacation in Hawaii. (laughs) Did you say he's a scratch golfer? Very good golfer, yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't know. In the 70s. Dang. Not in 1970s, not older for that, but no. scoring. Scoring in the 70s. Oh, oh, the index oh there it is. That's oh. the one. There it is. Here we go. Oh, touch. Ladies and gentlemen, all back porch barber has to do is go one of two here. Ten people will win $500. He'll win an extra ten grand for the holiday season. At back porch barber, an artist with hair. Oh, the tension oh, is no. palpable. Oh, 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 wow. Let's fucking go. Wow. What a cut, dude. What yes. a cut. Nice. Ten people in $500. Congrats. Extra 10 grand before the holiday. Fire the the hell out of you, buddy. you made our life a lot better. You're incredible at what you do. Great putts. Thought there was no chance after those first two. Yeah, no Congratulations way. to you, yeah, Tracy. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, but they almost rolled off the back. I thought this guy was not going to be able to handle yeah. our particular green. Got to have a little touch. He found Athlete. it. Yeah. His last putt was his best stroke. Uh-huh. And it bounced a little bit. It was too. unbelievable. Congrats, JC. Proud of you, JC. boys. That was sweet. All right, everybody. You went for four and a half hours today. That's a bit long on a Wednesday. We'll be back tomorrow as week 16 kicks off. We hope that the storm is not as big as they say it's going to be. Although people have canceled plans, we hope everybody remains safe. If it does become a nightmare, we will adjust accordingly here, and we plan on being live all the time that we're normally live. If not, uh, have an incredible holiday. Can't thank you all enough for allowing us to do this. From myself, AJ, Darius, Connor, Ty, Tone with Hammer, 
Done. in 15 minutes. All the boys in the back, Foxy, Zito, Dirty, Nick, That's Hockey Talk tonight at 8 p.m. at youtube.com slash That's Hockey Talk. Go. That's going to be a good show. We got a chance to talk to talk it earlier. Cameron Dicker earlier. Adam Thielen earlier today. Mark Benham. Messier tonight. Mark Messier's on. Whoa. What? The captain. The boss? Absolute legend. On That's Hockey Talk? Yes. Holy shit. Wow. Okay. okay. Hell of a Wednesday for the program. Yeah. Have a good one. We thank you all so much. Say something nice to somebody. Try to win the JC putt. There was a throw earlier. Trying to give away as much as possible because we don't deserve as much as we get. We are so thank you. Goodbye.